Joe Rogan Podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Uh, hey, look, it's the kid. <laughs> hey, guys, come on. It's sure, the, sure, I look he's young. He's even got a shirt on that says the kid. Whatever, dude. In case you were wondering. I got tight-fitting skin. It's not I like my how fault. the fighter is in smaller font because he gets more letters. You guys based it on like what's what's an even trade? Yeah. Did you weigh the ink? Yeah, we weighed the ink. We had to. <laughs> we had to weigh the ink because the fighter is nice and long, but the kid. Well, he designs is all larger. the t-shirts. I'm terrible with clothing. I'm not a big. You well, know, that fashionista. You might want to look into someone who actually makes t-shirts because that <laughs> looks like a fucking junior high school kid did that shit hey, with man. a paintbrush. Yeah, well, that was, the, that was the idea. That looks like an art idea. class that you didn't give a fuck about passing. I think that's Karate Kid font, though. That's that what I'm talking about. Is it supposed to be like like kung fu movie font? Yeah, yeah sure. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not part of the. I'm not part least of the creative. <laughs> I'm not part I love of the artistic guys. department. I love both of you guys, but that is one of the least creative T-shirts I've ever seen, and I love that end thing. That fighter. The end. The end. That that the little fucking weird thing. That that stands for end, you know. What is that? What Where? is that thing called? And sign. What is oh, that? An ampersand. Yeah. That's what it, I thought. Ampersand was an A, ha, like a pound, like with the A that's circled. No, that's. Uh, what is that? Uh, at. What is at? What is the actual asterisk? No, asterisk. No, 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 no asterisk is the star, at, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> which <laughs> one's ampersand? I tried to make T-shirts for Maya. <laughs> well, which one's ampersand? I don't know. Hold on, let's find out. Ampersand. Um. Ampersand end, yeah. Okay, Jamie's totally correct. So ampersand is the that's the end, like fighter right. end. A N D. It's a weird little symbol. It just looks do I odd have that on, on yours. My t-shirt? Yes, you do. Obviously, Where? right there, man. Fighter and the kid. Fighter. Okay. And then that thing over the oh, T, that thing. You. you just look at it. You need glasses, bro. I do not. Just because you need glasses, <laughs> stop trying to get me in on your gl- gl- glasses bandwagon. Just, they could, you could read shit better. The okay. at, the at sign's actually called a strudel in Israel. Okay, but we're not in Israel. Was it called yeah. in America? Uh, just it's the just at sign? an at sign. Just an at sign. At yeah. sign. A strudel. Yeah, that's one of those ones that like didn't have any play for like hundreds of years. Yeah. You're like, what is this useless fucking thing? Stop on trying my to bring things computer? back. Computer. You would look at like the, before Twitter and Facebook and all that shit, and like in the name meant nothing. Right. You fucking never used that thing on the keyboard on the typewriter. That was a useless goddamn key. Like, who the hell needs that and thing? I know. And you would ask, like, what is that? It's some shit you'll never use. Meanwhile, it's some shit everybody uses yeah. now. Everybody's fucking Twitter handle. I don't know how many. Pl- well, Twitter people language are. changes. Are you a pound sign or a hashtag person? Well, you really should say pound sign. Right. I mean, why does it get to be hashtag? It's the same goddamn thing. Yeah, I see. Because it has pound. a different connotation. What was a pound sign's connotation? Uh, it was just on your phone. Remember? It well, was what did pound anybody and use star. it for? It like you would you would punctuate <laughs> to send a send a you know a message or something like a voicemail. Yeah. Press the pound sign. Gank. That's all. But they say the pound sign. But then all of a sudden hashtag came along. Like yeah. what? What are you making corned beef? You slinging <laughs> slinging hash? What kind of hash is this? Twitter is hash. Is this weed hash? Hashtag. Why would you call it hashtag? Hashtag question mark. What the origin? Someone's going to send us a link on Twitter. I'm sure the origins of the word hashtag. Mm. Hashtag uh, came from Twitter, right? Yeah, and, and then Facebook adopted it. I was talking to this. I was talking to this linguist. I was saying, why do why do like Southern accents, for example, in Mississippi, never go away? Why do like certain regions ha- hold on to their accents? And he said, most of it has to do with the fact that you copy the person who's older 
the person you look up to, if he has an accent, that's the guy you're going to try to talk like. So it gets passed down from generation to generation and doesn't really get diluted. Because they just stand out more? Human beings are tribal. And so what they do is you, if you grew up around your dad or your older brother or somebody you look up to who speaks a certain way, without even realizing it, you start taking on their language. You speak exactly the way, do same intonation and everything. And so what happens is that accent in Louisiana will always stay that accent in Louisiana. It's really interesting. But then wow. that can that can start to sort of change as as people migrate. You know? What if a bunch of bad motherfuckers, a bunch of badass, big dick South Africans came in and just fucked everybody in that town, dominated, came in with billions of dollars of cash? It would be interesting if there was a way where you could restructure an accent, just a few dominant alpha chimpanzee That's males yeah. with a strange accent yeah you know strange south african accent like if there was a way like some bad motherfuckers could move into an area well if and you, everybody would want to be like them so much they would start talking like south africans if you go to barcelona in spain they they, they, they talk with a lith barcelona barcelona they do really? that. and they say that is because the king had a lisp a long time ago and everybody started to copy that sort of, you know, that, that colloquialism or whatever the word well, is. Well, it is kind of weird that, that lisp is considered to be odd. The one strange sound that you make, yeah. but roaring the Rs is yeah. considered to be flamboyant and beautiful. Like if you say someone... When you speak the Queen's English, of course. But we, no, but we have, like, we have like categories where we'll put like, this is a sound that you should make, mm -hmm. and this is a sound where it's fucked up. It's, I don't like it. And it's all based on our control. See, the lisp, the issue with the lisp is some people cannot control the fact that they make that sound. So they're not trying to lisp. Yeah. It's very difficult for them to not lisp. Yep. But so because of that, that sound becomes inappropriate. Yeah, maybe it's because... When you have a lisp, it's already "quote unquote" a a defect, so it's considered a weakness. Yes. So that would be something that is well, it's just because you can't control it. That's why it's a weakness. If yeah. he rolls his R's on purpose, then it sounds cool. He's Antonio Banderas. Yeah. But if he ro you roll your R's because you can't stop, like your I R's thought are that was slippery. Conor McGregor, but keep, keep Conor on. McGregor. Conor McGregor. He's got a little bit of his own. I, know, I like to whip. I, I like to whip ass, and but I'm that's a good. different thing, an Irish thing. That's right. But. Yeah, the R's are slippery, right? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Roll. What if like what, what if that was a disease, you know, instead of a lisp, right. you know, it would always got a rasp. Oh, the poor bastard. Well, uh, he can't help it. Speech impediments. Stutters. <laughs> stutters are neurological. Stutters are. Yeah, that's a neurological thing. There was a kid that uh, I used to be friends with, and his brother had a stutter. Poor, poor bastard. He just fucking just Did, would lock up, man. And he would lock up in front of you, and you'd want to like yes, help him yes, through yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. And you have to act like nothing. My that something about stutters endear me to the person. Like I want to yeah. protect him. Yeah. We, we had a guy in my taekwondo school who would sometimes we'd line up and he'd have to say chariot kunye to like mm -hmm. bow, and he could he had such a bad stutter. So we all be sitting there and he go chariot, and we have to wait sometimes for forty seconds. Wow. But of course we all did. And right. something about a stutter has always made me feel protective over the person. If you're stuttering all the time, should you be getting kicked in the head? <laughs> that's seems that's like a good question. You got a lot of you got shit going on there already. Yeah. You got some bad connections. Maybe you could rattle it loose. Like you hear about those stories where like a kid gets in a car accident and all of a sudden he can play music. Yeah. Well there's a, Robert Sachs did a thing about this guy who got struck by lightning, his regular dude. Got struck by lightning. And became obsessed with music, especially the piano, and just did literally did nothing but play twelve hours a day and and think piano, wow. and 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 he was convinced it was a sign from God. So Robert Sachs Whoa. said, 
well, you know, it may be a sign from God, but is there any way I can study your brain? And he said, no, no, uh, this is God, and I'm not interested in the scientific. And it was just such a bummer for him. He was like, what the fuck happened? Right. What happened that you got struck by lightning and you became obsessed with the piano, where he literally played all day? I think he's probably scared that if you find something that's wrong that they might like fix it <laughs> well it's <laughs> really, go it, back to being normal well it's very strange to me also because what they find with people who like when they say something like um oh, you got to follow your passion man problem with that is that you got to broaden your passion because sometimes your passion can be just what you know and a lot of people consider their passion what they're just good at already or they they came at it with this the right you know emotional state so it was easier for them to learn but some passions you have to work at really hard before you get good at them, like math, or for that matter, even like boxing, you know, or something like that. But and so, right? But why would you think that he would want to not have his brain examined? Oh, I think why that was a religious, superstitious thing. I think that he kind of felt he, it would go away if somebody did something to his brain. Is that what you think? I like, do. Yeah, that's. I was, that's what Sachs said. I mean, to, 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 in effect, you know. I would wonder if he would be afraid that it was purely psychological. Like, this is my. I think there's a lot of people who say they believe in God and they, they'll talk about the fact they believe in God, but I don't know if they believe a hundred percent. I think they might believe like 80% well, and that 20% haunts them. Yes. They don't, they don't want to address that 20%. And when something like this happens, where there's a tangible effect of a physical act and you attribute it to God, if someone comes along and says, no, you're Abdullah Mangala, whatever, the, got fried. You don't have that part of your brain anymore. And that part of your brain dictates social skills. Like, if you're having a hard time, like, talking to people, yeah, well, you lost that. Mm -hmm. That part's not there anymore. So you're basing, you know, all, of you, all your f attention is all now going to music. And if you found out that, instead of, like, That's God right. gave you a gift, that would fuck with your head. That's right. Well, a lot of, they say the people who, the fundamentalists, people who are, you know, they believe and they're willing to die for their beliefs. There's always a great deal of doubt, way more doubt with those people. Well, how know? much fucking mental illness is there in this world? You know, it's something no one wants to bring up. No one wants to bring up, like, how much of believing in unbelievably ludicrous shit is a type of a mental illness. The, the first question, though, also is this. I mean, if you say, I believe in God, I, I actually think the better question initially is, what is God? First of all, how do you define God? Yeah, I mean, you is know? God what they thought he was when they were riding on animal skins? Or yeah. can we define God as, there's there's obviously a better, look, there's, there's a way that feels good in this world, and there's a way that feels bad in this world. What feels bad? Tragedy disease, injury, pain, suffering, violence, uh, mm -hmm. crime, mm -hmm. stealing, taking advantage of robbing that, oh, did you hear what that fuck did? Oh, he, this guy got fucked over. Oh, this guy got beat up. Look mm -hmm. at this video. Fuck, this guy got this. That's obviously the worst way to go. I mean, it, we feel that, right? Mm -hmm. But positive is like, you see friendship, and you see happy kids playing, and you see people smiling because they and enjoy their job. Self-sacrifice. You and see all those barbecues. Yeah. You see, you see like prosperity and friendship and kinship. You see all this good stuff, and so if you just obviously, if you just live your life more towards the good stuff mm -hmm. you, is the most you can mm -hmm. that's like a godly life yeah it's like if i mean that's the a Greeks very simplistic the rational word. life right that's what they called it 
Is that what they called it? The yeah. rational life? Like, in other words, you, as long as you stay within what would be considered the rational. So so if you... Um, but is that right? It was what Roman law was kind of predicated on, right? So if you park your chariot in an area where they do in Carthage and you get a ticket and you go to the judge and you say, hey, Roman judge, in Carthage we park our chariots this way. And the Roman judge goes, okay, well, in Rome we do it this way, so try to do, try to do it that way. But this way you delineate, delineate the law. Then a man comes along, snatches a baby out of a woman's arm and kidnaps it or kills it or something. And all of us go, and they go, well, no, we do that in Carthage. Well, what, the Rome, what Roman law would say is, we don't, well, whether you do that in Carthage or not doesn't matter because this is outside the bounds of rationality. This is outside the bounds of nature. This is an unnatural act. How and could so, the Romans say that when they were... Cicero. Fucking Cicero was the father of sword Roman law. fighting people and fucking each other in well, the ass. Because because they also had a, they also had a massive empire that yeah. had to be run according to set a, a yeah. set of principles. You right? had to have something, yeah. right? That but does it, make sense. Yeah. But everybody's idea of what that is depends entirely upon what happened to them when they were young. Mm. It's what you're exposed to when you're really young. If you find out about the vast majority of people that commit like horrific acts, like a good chunk of them had some serious trauma when they were young whether it was someone sexually molested them or someone abused them there was a lot of abuse there's something wrong I'm almost, the only there's a few of them that people can't figure out like you know who's a big one that they have a hard time figuring out jeffrey dahmer yeah, Jeffrey well that, Dahmer apparently had like normal parents and a shit. Lot of, and that, that sociopath gene, that there's been so much research recently written on this. In fact, uh, Barbara Oakley wrote a book called The Evil Genes. And, and they really looked at, at how different serial killer brains and they think that there is for sure something that goes on genetically with sociopaths like John Wayne Gacy and those kind of people. They actually, in many cases, you can actually tell they have a different brain than do regular people. And there's a lot of science now about but look, that. It, but th- that completely the extreme, makes right? sense. Yeah. I mean, w- if you look at every body type there is, hmm. look at all the different flaws that people just are born with. Like like me, like I have vitiligo, so I have spots where I don't grow any pigment around my knuckles. And bigger hands than Brendan Schaub. Keep going. It, but, yeah, I'm, it's very giant hands. unevolved. I've got a lot of issues, but that that's probably not bad. I've got a lot of issues. That's probably not bad. That's no. just, a, it gave me freaky bones. Right. But the bad stuff is very minimal. You look at some bad stuff that people have, like we know people that are dead. We know people that had cancer and died. Mm-hmm. We know people that are, are born with like degenerative uh, arthritis. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Sean Rouse, I mean, that poor bastard. I mean, that poor bastard is always in pain. And he's a fucking funny dude, man. Mm-hmm. Rouse is funny as shit. He's really good. And he, the kid's always in pain. Every time you shake his hands, it's like, you know, you just want to be as gentle as you can. It just, you know. It's got rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, it's bad, dude. It's bad. It's an auto. He just got new knees, though. Like, yeah, I think he Russell had to get his Peters. knees replaced, man. Fuck, he's in his 30s. Yeah. Dude, he's, you know, he just, the, the genetic roll of the dice, it just, it. he got fucked. And so, my point was, that there's so much variation. And, like, you see people with dwarfism, you see people with gigantism there's variation everywhere it just would only make sense that there be variation in the structure of the actual brain itself yep. some people are born with weak eyesight their, their, their eyesight sucks right out of the, the game. brain is a is a physical body i mean it's a, there's, so there's no reason to believe that that you know first of all n- first of all evolutionary biologists have come to the conclusion that the brain our brains are different i mean you're not born a blank slate here's the big question know? here's the really big question this is the one for everyone this is a hard one 
as medical science reaches a certain point where they understand the components of the brain far more clearly than they do now. Because, like, you know, one of the themes that we've had on the show the last few days, um, I had this guy Thaddeus Russell on, and um, he was he was talking about how just like a hundred years or so ago, the way people would look at certain races was radically different than the way they look at them now. Like in medical journals mm-hmm. and shit, the way they would describe Irish was that they were like basically like apes. Yep. And they would do this in like Harvard. I mean, it was a really fascinating conversation. We know now that's ridiculous, right? We know now that there's brilliant people from every single race. And it's the big part of it is what are you exposed to? You know, what kind of genetics are you dealing with? And, you know, what kind of curiosity do you have in your family? What, what, how do you develop? What, what makes how, a how sprinter? How are you nurtured versus yeah. your nature? Yeah. yeah, what makes a sprinter? Does that disqualify him from being a brilliant thinker? No, it doesn't. You know, right. those, ideas are, those ideas are in the past. But if there was a way where they could examine your brain... And go, well, this guy has no empathy. Mm. This guy completely lacks empathy. And he gets an enjoyment out of torturing animals. If you could find someone They're already like that. doing that. And in fact, what they found is a lot of serial killers have underdeveloped uh, amygdalas. So that almond shape, that part of the brain, I believe, that, that floods with serotonin, etc. And a lot of them have smaller than normal or they're damaged. And it's, it's hard for... Like one of the things that they talk about with serial killers a lot of times is for them to feel is sometimes close to impossible. They've mm. got to go through two extremes. But sexual sadism and all that stuff is the, what they call, um, what this guy, the great famous profiler Richard Walter calls uh, a, a power excitement. So people who get off on the, some people will kill you over power. They want right. to kill you. But but when somebody's been torturing somebody, they, they, they get off on the act of killing. The, not the killing, the act of killing. And that's... Those kinds of people have, they think, have different brains. They That's, just get off on the power, and they're not feeling any remorse. They, they get feel. sexual pleasure from yeah. putting people in terrible pain. Do you? Uh, now, here's the question: If they can spot that, I mean, how weird does the world get? Why are you going to let that guy live? Like we would all have to look at them like it's no different in my opinion, than having a vampire that lives in your neighborhood. If you had a vampire or, in your neighborhood and the vampire was constantly compelled to feed on, on human blood, how long would it take before everybody rallied the troops and stuck a fucking stake in that vampire's heart? It would take that's a very a That's a very good question. Would, the first day. Now, if you found a way to absolutely identify a serial killer... Like, this guy is a fucking serial killer. This guy's this die. This is what's important to him. This is what he doesn't give a fuck about. This guy loves killing. He loves torturing. Get rid doesn't of him. give a fuck. Yeah, you'd have to kill him. It would be like having a vampire, right? I mean, wouldn't it be the same well, thing? Well, or it'd be another thing. How about this? By the same token, what you, what you would have to say about somebody like that is they have brain damage. Their brains are damaged. They are not working like a rational human being. So you want to fix it? No. Well, either you fix it or... You categorically look at it the same way you would look at any kind of a, de- a birth defect or a handicap. Which, what that means then is, what does that say about punitive punishment? Do you punish them or do you put them in a hospital and keep them in a padded room? That's the other question. Well, what kind of a life is that? I don't know, but, but, but whatever you do, let's just say that we, we can prove their brains are different. This is a physiological thing they had no control over, but at the end of the day, they have urges they have no control over, mm-hmm. say, the way somebody who gambles really badly. Now what? Now, now, yes, they're killers. They're horrible. We want them dead. Frankly, it's a sick dog. Well, it's a human being, 
So what do we do then? What, what does that say about punitive punishment? Do you punish them or do you put them in a hospital? Uh, you and- put them in a room with a very sensible John Wayne-like character <laughs> who's going to say, why don't you guys step outside? And you hear, bang, he yeah. went for my gun. <laughs> And then Listen, you go home. That's what happens. I would get, agree. I say experiment. Can't write a law like that though. Experiment, experiment. on them is not fuck a bad mon- idea. Fuck using monkeys, use humans. Yeah, use but you people. can't. You can't write a law like that because it's yeah, not consistent. It's, hard to do. it's inconsistent with. How about this? You know. Every time you experiment on them, you let him kill an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kill another one. <laughs> not a bad <laughs> idea. You, you take like a, a child molester, and every time like the serial killer, uh, you let out like you try some new birth control on him or something. Every yeah. time you, you let him kill a child molester. Yeah. Well, Richard I'm Richard forward. Walter, that FBI right? profiler, uh, was the guy who came up with a double helix, whatever he called it, of how a serial killer. He interviewed twenty thousand murderers or something like that. And and what's really fascinating to to hear him talk about how serial killers come to be, so how they start, wow. and they start in really weird ways. Usually, it starts with some kind of fetishism, like like rubbing up somebody against somebody in a in a in a bus stop or they call it peakerism sometimes they'll find like when a cop hears about somebody who cut up a bunch of leather uh jackets in a store they'll go hold on we want to come in there and look at something because what richard walter would say says a lot of them who were into just cutting people a lot of them started by going into department stores and doing terrible damage to all the fine leather by cutting with a very sharp scalpel. And they got off on the fact that first they could get caught. It's very expensive. They'd be in big trouble. But also they, it's the feeling of skin. So, so then what happens with serial killers, they said, is that you keep going and you keep needing a bigger and bigger fix. And you never go back from that. Like they, you never are able to reverse the perversion. So once they, have to, once they up the ante and up the ante until finally they kill, you're never, they're never going back. Never. That that urge continues to come back more and more. That's what John. That's what Ted Bundy would talk about. Well, one of the most terrifying ones was the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Because he was obviously super smart. He would write things in code. He would leave them messages to crack. And he would also write letters to the victims' parent uh, he, families. Yeah, and he never got caught. No. He never got caught. They don't know who that guy was. There's all these different fucking speculations. None of them, you know, seem to be a hundred percent. They have some idea. Like, you know, people said that was my dad. People said I know the guy. But whoever the guy was, he had to be above average intelligence. Very, very smart. Which is fucking terrifying that someone could be very, very smart and just want to... And a sadist. Just want to fucking kill people. Yeah. And they're out there. It's it's this sort of... I I look at it as like... um, what is that book? The demon mom. Do you ever read the demon, the demonic male about ch- uh, chimps? Uh, actually, apes and how human beings are bipolar apes, capable of incredible kindness and incredible cruelty. And maybe, and, and if you look at apes, they'll do that. Like chimps will cr- fucking kill each other and bite each yeah. other, but then they're incredibly caring of their young sometimes. And we're a bipolar ape, you know. Um, um, but but that that could have a genetic. Uh, usefulness apparently like the variation in genes one extreme to the other one extreme being i don't know mother Teresa, the other extreme being jeffrey dahmer and we all kind of live somewhere in the middle but geneticists will tell you that you need both extremes you know to create the mean it's pretty fucking you know you start getting into the science you're like god damn it when you start thinking about that if you if you think about needing both sides like is that exist everywhere in the universe is there a hot and a cold is there is there always an evil and a good 
good. It doesn't. Does the evil make the good better? Does it make it feel better? I mean, is that a part of the whole thing? I think it would it's have like, to, right? I you mean, know, it's like we were talking about um, people who were born into uh, with Rory yesterday. Rory Albanese, hilarious guy. We are talking about people born into money, mm-hmm. and that when people are born into money, they're never happy. Yeah. They just can't. They can't do it because everything's always been handed to them. They, if they don't earn it, if you don't feel that struggle of being broke, like I think you and I appreciate everything we, we've earned because when you were young, you can clearly remember that, you know, you were fucking trying to pay your bills and d- doing odd jobs. And you there know. was always longing, you know, as what a kind kid of jobs did me. you do? You worked in a bank for a while. I worked in McDonald's. I worked construction uh, for a summer in, in D.C. in the middle of the summer. Your That's story what, about working in a bank was so, uh, oh God. so on. Cause I could, 16 months, dude, waking up when it was still dark, put on nylon socks. <laughs> I, I literally I thought I was going to die. I, I started to become I started to dislike myself. I was I was being. I became I wasn't even interested in what I was eating anymore Dude. I became a bad person but that's how you got out of it because yeah. your your soul whatever it was I woke was up trying from a nap and you. I panicked I said I have to be an actor I, I ran into my friend's room I go hey dude I'm quitting everything and that's what happened I had a dream you wow. know I'll, I'll tell you an amazing He's study got a dream. I'll tell you an amazing study on, to, on your point in, ni- in the 1930s they did this five year study on Boston school children and they took do you know the story? This, no, but I'll study? tell you right now that eighty percent of them are twats. No, <laughs> <laughs> those kids, yeah. get off me, you, you little might, fuck. You might be right. Dicks and twats. But it's a really famous study that had far-reaching implications, which was they took two large groups, and for five years they gave one group a great deal of support, uh, money, psych- psychological help, tutel- tutoring, coaches, and the other group they left completely alone. And they came back 30 years later and looked at both groups. And the group that had five years of that kind of special attention fared, was faring far worse and had much higher levels of alcohol abuse than the other because the other group had to rely on this, become self-reliant. Yeah. And that required all the other things. Now, you, you have to be careful because sometimes you can damage somebody, but certainly self-reliance and and not learning helplessness but learning the opposite so fucking important well it's it's there right in front of our eyes we just want to ignore it like what did you just say you have to be careful with the stress because you could damage somebody yeah. well that's like analogous to working out like yeah you could hurt yourself working out but if your idea is to just stay a piece of veal in a room that's padded so that your body doesn't ever move and get injured yeah. or get strong as shit so that you know you could do a lot of things with your body. Yeah. Like, would would, would you rather like not be in pain all the time and not like, I like feel your sore. body deteriorating? Uh, right. You know, I don't mean sore from working out. I mean like when you're when you have nothing, yeah. you have no muscle. Everything is just mush and goo, and slowly gravity starts pulling Ugh. you towards the bottom. Ugh. Well, that's what happens if you don't ever risk exercising. The same thing with your brain. You build neural pathways in your brain. You can literally build them. Yeah, I would think that with everything in this world, you, you can either resist and then grow stronger because of resisting, or never resist and have this like uh, apathetic way of approaching whatever the fuck it is you're doing. Right. Like Everything you do. Everything you do is hard to do. Everybody's like, oh, you know what's really hard? Making watches. You know what's really hard? Everything that's done well. That's right. That's what's really hard. That's so true. Everything that's done well. That's so true. That's why that fucking Zero Dreams of Sushi movie is so fucking interesting. Amazing. Because who gives a fuck? The guy's just making sushi. Like, I wouldn't... 
And so his parents tried to get didn't me to watch like that. His parents didn't like him, remember? Yeah. Like, he said, my parents didn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what tries him. I could, he looked like he was going to cry and he was 90. What was that, that expression that they use? What's that expression they use where a guy who's just a complete master at something? I forget what the expression was. Maestro? Or? No, no, no. It was a Japanese expression oh. um, that they were using to describe how this guy who had worked so meticulously on creating this egg dish he remember he was making that egg dish for like a year yeah. and he just couldn't get it right and one day the guy you know said you got it right and then gave him this japanese see if you can find it whatever the fuck it is yeah from the movie jiro dreams of sushi yeah. see if you can it find was, what it that was one of is. his it was one of his apprentices who just kept having the for kept yeah. throwing the custard away yeah, well, and you, finally yeah. got it right. They have this weird egg dish that they make, and it has to be perfect. It's yeah. like, I'm not sure how they're doing it, but eventually, or eventually, after a year, this guy got it right, and he was so happy, he said he cried. Shokunin. Shokunin, yeah. yeah Shokunin. Shokunin! What is it? What is the definition? Is it like a Wikipedia definition? What does it say? Shokunin. Shokunin. Here, I'll Google Hello, it. Sho how, spell it. S-H-O. K-U-N-I-N. Okay. Shokunin. The Japanese word shokunin. Okay. Did that guy... That Literally guy. translated, uh, artists and craftsmen who feel deep obligation. It's why I don't like political correctness, because I think it's a lie. I think we, we're, we're, you know, we live in a culture that is always telling you you have to feel good. And I think anything worth it anything worth it it takes exactly what you're talking about well i don't about. think there's anything wrong with wanting to feel good i think the real issue with political correctness is that it avoids intent and it, it ignores the complex subtleties of human communication it ignores the reality that one person could say something how about this you can say something one time and it's offensive and you could say the same thing when you're in a better mood in a better situation and it's hilarious mm -hmm. you could be in the wrong state of mind when you say it or you could say it clumsily and people don't accept it you, you know you could say it after something that people might think it's insensitive if you said it and they're not willing to go along on the ride with you mm. or you could say that same thing in front of the same people in a different circumstance and they could howl laughing and yep. think you're the funniest guy ever. I can't believe you said that. Oh my God, he's so crazy. The, it, 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 political correctness in applies as you apply it to humor. The big issue, the number one issue is that humor is almost always about something you didn't expect or something you can relate to. And both of those things, something you can relate to, you're telling me you can't relate to racist stuff? Like... Look, there's certain amount of racist stuff that's fucking hilarious, yep. including racist stuff against white people. Right. When Richard Pry used to do that, you know, oh, your mama, motherfucker. My mom, she's a great old gal. <laughs> that is a racist joke. Right. That's making fun of white people that are goofy. You can't even, oh, your mama, motherfucker. You can't, you can't even say that to them at work. Right. I mean, that's racist. Right. Is it? Or is it racial? Is it only racist if a white person does it and racial if a black person does it? I mean, what is it? It's, it's a type of humor. Yeah, well, there's, there's, I guess, the difference between racism and bigotry. Bigotry is an individual thing, right? So I'm bigoted. You can be bigoted against fat people or whatever, whereas racism, just the definition applies to the institution of racism so you're a rat so that's why it was always used more sensitively to black people in this country at least because when you live in a racist society the institutions themselves are stacked against you because they right. are racist that, well that's that why you can't have a white pride shirt 
but yeah. you can have a brown pride shirt if you're Mexican exactly. or Cain Velasquez with his tattoo. That's right. Like Roy Nelson joked around like you he have fought Cain Velasquez and had a white pride <laughs> tattoo on his chest, like the brown pride on Cain's chest. What would anybody be able to do? <laughs> I mean, th- there's something to that, right? Yeah. But there's not because, of course, no one owned white people. There wasn't a bunch of white people that were kidnapped over in Iceland and thrown onto a fucking slave ship and dragged over to America. Your text was so funny about, I don't know if I can even say it, but when I was like, they're honoring women in film. <laughs> can I say it? Yeah, and say you it. Were like, you were like, women in film? Haven't women always been in film? And then you go, what if they had? What if they honored white men in film? I wonder what would happen then. <laughs> I wonder what kind of an uproar that would be. If you had a thing, honoring men in film... <laughs> white, right. especially white, white men, yeah. because you could do black men, right? Black men in film, like that would be like a like a real black tie affair. Sure. You, would, you would go there and dress in your best, <laughs> put on your shiniest shoes. But what I said was, you said uh, there, oh, it's, uh, it's women in film. Like, aren't women in every movie? Right, they're basically in every movie. <laughs> Crack me. Up. How many movies don't have women? Well, they all it's very they, rare. Like, Haven't they always been in movies? Always and, and forever? I was like, yeah, they have. I mean, yeah, they've done some awesome shit. Uh, I don't have a problem. This is the, my issue. I don't have a problem with them honoring women in film at all. I yeah. have no problem. I point out, like, what if they wanted to do white men in film? Because I know that there would be a massive outrage. Right. Not, I accept the fact that people want to honor only women in film. I accept the fact that I bet for women, it's pretty fucking frustrating sometimes because I bet a lot of movies that women go to are just not geared for women. Right. You know, there's a lot of movies like if you go and see, you know... Transformers. That Well, that's probably geared towards anybody. They probably cut that bitch right down the middle with <laughs> stats and graphs and yeah. they probably did phone calls and fucking brought in people to analyze it. They probably cut that bitch right down the middle, men and women. They probably right. give you just enough mushy bullshit so that women go well, Google yeah, for but it. But my girlfriend would say, ugh, if I go, hey, let's watch Transformers. That would be her reaction. Well, that's <laughs> your girlfriend. <laughs> She's smart. <laughs> the, the, what they were honoring okay, was like the, the Deer Hunter. Yeah. Like, here's a movie, The Deer Hunter. It's a fucked up movie, man. Yeah. Chicks don't want to see a movie where it's, Mao! Go to Mao! Mao! Yeah. Yeah. And they got the fucking gun by the head, and you know he's eventually going to shoot himself, and they're I, playing, they're I playing an Russian actor. roulette. I became an actor because of that scene. But keep going. It's a fucking amazing movie. Yeah. If you've never seen the Deer Hunter. It's one of those movies from the 70s. What is it? Like 71 or something like that? It was it won Best Picture in 1978. I believe. Was it that late? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Why did I think it was way... Either way, it's from an era where a lot of the movies don't hold up. Yeah. Those 70s movies, man, some of them are tough to watch. Mm-hmm. Not the fucking Deer Hunter. No. Holy shit, that's a good movie. No. That was so beyond anything at the time. Yeah. That Shocking. scene... Shocking. When he shoots himself in the head and grabs him? No! Oh, oh Jesus. Heart- heartbreaking. Fucking Christ. I, I, when I saw that, I was at an age where I just... <sighs> first of all, I took movies seriously, and second of all, I never got over that. I was just oh like, God. Uh, I don't know what that is. That movie was incredible. <laughs> that was Robert De Niro when he was a motherfucker. The greatest. The greatest at that point. And Christopher Walken oh, when he was a motherfucker. Fuck, I mean, he's man. still a motherfucker. Yeah. Christopher Walken, you give him a good role, he's still a motherfucker. He still carries this creepy power to him. I watched that, uh, the the uh, awesome scene from Pulp Fiction. Um, uh, no, the no, watch True of Romance the from scene? True Romance. Yeah, that's the great scene. That's the greatest scene. I didn't really like the scene in Pulp Fiction. Oh, I, I did. I was like, I get it. The watch was up your ass. I oh, it. I loved it. I, I, loved didn't, it. I didn't buy it for some reason. Oh, I yeah. loved the movie, but yeah. I'm like, that scene is like, come on, get out of here with this watch. <laughs> I know, I get it. It's up your ass. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Whatever, for whatever reason, it right. didn't work right. for me. But him in True Romance. Oh. You know who I am, Mr. Wally? 
I'm the Antichrist. You got me in a vendetta kind of mood. We're going to do a little Q&A. At the risk of sounding redundant, try to make your answers genuine. <laughs> it, was so it's just, it was so creepy when he did it, too, because it's, it's the, the words, like the tone. Like it's a very originally Christopher Walken type yeah, of delivery. God. I'd never, I couldn't believe that scene. I was like, what? I said, we're doing yeah. a little pantomime. It's the pantomime. Guy gives himself 17, whatever it is, 17 different movements. A girl's 21. But anyway, it just goes through this whole weird. It's like, who but then wrote he did this? that fucking pool hustlers movie, Pool Hall Junkies. As people try to tell me that was good. Oh, God. I didn't see it. Oh, God. It's fucking awful. And there's this scene, the lion in the jungle. It's not a good scene. Mm. And everybody told me it's like this. He gives this great speech. I'm like, oh, that movie is dog shit. Yeah. People will still recommend it. Like that movie was awesome. King of New York was great too when he gives a speech. He was amazing in that. Oh. The, the problem with that pool hall movie is no one could p- really play pool. They're all like whacking balls around and shit. Like they don't. They're not really playing pool. You can't yeah. have a movie where you don't even teach the guy how to play pool. It's got to look at least a little bit like yeah. you can actually play pool. Yeah. This is offensive. And it's just like, come on. This is like it's so goofy. The guy who doesn't want to get the job. It's like, why do you like pool so much? I have no idea. Yeah. I learned it at a formative age. You know, learned it uh, when when I was. It's, it helped me transfer uh, a lot of uh, focus and yeah. energy that I probably would have put into bad places. Yeah. You know. Man, you're good. You ran a table, I think, three times. Me and Chab were like, just ran that table three times. It was kind of- I play a lot. I got this table right here. Yeah. It's a it's a stupid thing to get good at. I totally freely admit it. Like people go, yeah, you mock golf, but you play pool, dude. I mock everything. I mock my own don't family. Don't play golf because you'll get. Yeah, don't <laughs> play golf. I mock everybody. I mock myself. I mock you. I mock me. I mock golf. I mock every fucking thing there is. I, right. I mock pink ribbons for breast cancer and walking for AIDS. I mock it all. Right. I, I'll, everything's mockable. Birds. Bo- birds can suck my dick. Every one of them. I mock birds. They insult me with their freedoms. <laughs> I'm, I'm down with mocking birds. Get it? <laughs> Come on, Yeah, man. I mean, I think the more I can laugh, the better. And I find the, the 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 happier I am. Like I was listening to Jim Norton on the radio today on the Opie and Anthony show. He's telling a story, him and Jim Florentine, about how Jim Norton was jerking off in the backseat of his car while they were driving home from a gig. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he had met a girl and he was so excited. It was so funny. I was fucking crying laughing. Why? Because he had met her and he wanted, to, he wanted to jerk off before he got together with her or what? He No, no. He met her and it didn't work out. He hooked up with her. Like, you know, maybe like touch, she touched him or something like that. And then he had to go and he was so fired up that he had to jerk off so he jerked off in the car in the back seat and they were telling this story and it was fucking hilarious and they were telling the story how they busted each other's balls and it was it was genuinely enjoyable for yeah. for both them and for me it's like it's fun listen but people don't you know there's some people that just don't can't handle it i want to be laughing or learning everything else in the big in the middle is like boring i guess i'll eat and sleep but over there all people I mean, have a problem with being stupid I love being stupid. But they have a problem with it. You know what I mean? People don't like being mocked because a lot of times when they're being mocked, there's no humor to it. Or if there is a humor, it's a very mean humor. Like there's some humor that's just not funny. But it goes back to that same thing about politically correct. Can we laugh at it? You know, every academic I have on my podcast, you know, I love having all the academics. Every single one of them, every single one of them says, basically says to me, what kills me is how politically correct I have to be in my classroom. Yeah. If I'm not... If I'm not, I could get in huge trouble. Dude. So if you're a Harvard, Yale faculty, you better be speaking for everyone, including 
Polynesian tribes and you know mm-hmm. I mean it doesn't matter man if you say anything if you even say uh, it's, it's just unbelievable man and and that's the number one complaint I hear from all right these okay but here's the big question this is sort of the question that I had with uh, Thaddeus Russell and we talked about it yesterday with Rory too is is this a sign of some sort of social progress that we're like springing back so far the other way that it's just it's it's rebounding like some of the lost ground that was given up when they when they had things like separate fucking fountains for men mm-hmm. when women could get raped and no one would do anything about it when cops would literally ask someone what were you wearing when you got raped i mean all the different things that have happened all the different times that people have been homophobic or you know outwardly sexist both from towards men and towards women that the bigger the reaction that like is happening now like this this big blowback this big p- politically correct left-wing progressive push mm-hmm. that maybe it's just like the waves of the ocean like we were talking about earlier the yin and the yang that you need the evil to have the good and you sometimes you need the good to just blow the fuck up so even the evil's like okay i think okay. i think the answer is yes that the wave is is pushing in the other direction however it's I, a good direction it's a good direction however you got to make sure it doesn't it doesn't doesn't get too crazy it doesn't become its own form of tyranny and it doesn't get in the way of the truth also you have to realize that some people they use an ideology to get out their aggression and they can choose to decide that that it's relevant or justified and in doing so what they are is stressed out fucked up people who have a lot of tension in their lives and they have a cause and they find a cause that they agree with that makes intellectual sense and then is supported by other people and then they aggressively pursue that cause the point of calling people out and being nasty and vicious what are they really doing though i'll tell you what they're really doing they're using a cause to be an asshole why because they're assholes they're assholes that support a good idea and they're doing it totally the wrong way. And in doing so the wrong way and being super aggressive and assholish, what you're doing is you're strengthening up the resistance to that. So if you're assholish like in a right-wing sort of a way, mm-hmm. you're going to make a bunch of asshole left-wing people that are forced to deal with your bullshit. Right. But consequently, if you're assholish from a left-wing point of view and you want everything politically correct and it's not it's not freshmen, it's fresh people. Yep. I mean, you're, you're dealing with that kind of shit, which is stupid nonsense i'll give you an amazing example of this i mean and it became a fierce fierce debate when when uh you're right no no fucking terrible the the sally swing oh for heaven's sake he spilled his coffee everywhere i didn't spill it everywhere i actually kept the coffee in my hand there it is not bad not bad but it was uh, uh, my Sally swing chair, which I love, uh, is uh, on some serious rollers. Very good. I got it. It was very little coffee. But l- this is this is a classic example of one of the biggest debates, intellectual debates. This period. Chair's ridiculous. What, which was the when it used to be that everybody would talk about human beings, and it was a, it was sort of mar- married to a Marxist ideology, the idea that human beings start at zero. We are all a blank slate. So every child is what is a blank slate, and whatever you socially put on it will actually be... So So who says boys should play with guns? They should also be given dolls, and we'll make the world a better place, and pe- men won't be as aggressive, and aggression is learned. It isn't inherent and innate. That was the dogma. And then a bunch of evolutionary scientists started doing a lot of... Uh, a lot of work, like Steven Pinker. 
And Stephen Pinker wrote a book called The Blank Slate, and a large part of the book is chronicles the when the evolutionary biologist who studied, for example, the uh, what are the names, the Yanomano that take up hundreds of th- uh, tens of thousands of miles in the Amazon basin, the 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 men that had killed more in battle, sired more children, had more wives, and when that anthropologist came back with that and said, I'm studying indigenous cultures here where aggression not only is seems to be natural because they're not exposed to the Western ideas of what, it, what aggression is, but they fight all the time. They, they have a lot of tribal warfare. It also, when they come back to their tribes, it also seems to be that they are more attractive to females. Well, when he came back and said that, the, the people that had held the blank slate theory went crazy and attacked all those guys, attacked that guy and a number of other people. Uh, they attacked them personally, called them liars, they're fudging their data and everything else. Of course, now we know with Stephen Pinker's work and these guys and al- almost all evolutionary biologists agree that you are born, people are born like we were talking about, with, with different proclivities, but human beings, pretty much every culture we've ever studied, they, they, they fight. Well, Aggression here's, is But here's is the human. deal. There's, it's malleable. Human beings are malleable. Yes, they have very ideal... They, they have tendencies that tend to be exhibited in their, their relatives, mm. and especially in their family. And we've known that with dogs forever. Yeah. The fact that we think that it doesn't exist in humans, when it exists so clearly in dogs, like Joe, the guy I bought Johnny from, the, mm. the Mastiff, yeah. He won't breed a dog if it's aggressive to people. He won't let it breed. Right. He'll fix them. He'll fix the male, and if it's a female, he'll get her fixed too. And he just if anyone that's a tr- that uh, if they exhibit any aggression towards people, done. Any ag- aggression towards dogs, not interested. Wow. Not interested. Won't let them breed. So because you've met my dog, yeah. He's the sweetest dog ever. Yeah. He's so nice. Yeah. He's just so gentle. Like my four-year-old will play with him, and I don't worry. And he's a fucking big dog, right. but I never worry but about him. But then you say human beings who've chill. had to scratch and crawl, fight and hunt exactly. just for existence. You don't think that aggression is going to be an evolutionary necessity? It is. Well, how about dogs? How about the dog that you used to have? Oh, game bread. Exactly. That crazy dog Only that killed like, like a fucking dozen goats. Yeah, two goats, a baby cow, and broke the legs of a yeah. golf shepherd. Yeah. And what, what was up with that dog? Well, that dog was being bred for fighting. Yeah. That dog was a whirlwind. Yep. That dog couldn't wait to get its teeth on something. That's what it lived for. It was hypercharged. It was like it was on 10 all the time. Mm-hmm. I loved that dog. Yeah. I'd go over here, and it was a little dog, too. That's little what people dog. don't realize like about beagle. pit Skinny beagle. The real pit bulls that they used to fight them, where they, you know, apparently still do in parts of the country, they're like 35 pounds. Yeah. That's a big one. Yep. They're small dogs. Yep. The big ones get tired, apparently. Yeah. Like those big dogs, it's just like UFC fighters. Mm-hmm. Like, see those big dogs that are like the, those m- super monster pit bulls? They would never fight never. those. They fight the little Except ones. Except for Tim Kennedy. He seems never to get Tim tired. Kennedy. <laughs> Tim Kennedy yeah. seems to just grind you down. He's a fucking tough prick. Ugh. He's a tough prick. What do you think of that? What 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 are they gonna? What did you think about that? Uh, I'm sorry to jump over now, but no, what? it's okay. Yeah, the, for folks who don't know what we're talking about, uh, the Yoel Romero, who is this stud wrestler from Cuba, two-time world champion. Yeah, he's won. He, he said he won a medal in every single wrestling tournament he entered, God. pretty much. I mean, he medaled. He was a silver medalist in the Olympics. 
He meddled in the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, just he's a fucking freak wrestler. Mm -hmm. Kale Sanderson was the greatest, one of the greatest amateur wrestlers of all time. Yoel Romero beat him twice. Yeah, twice. Twice. I mean, he is that much of a freak when yeah. you see him in the octagon. I almost wish, because he's only 30, he's 37 years old. Yeah. I almost wish we got him when he was 27. God. You know, I mean, God, 10 years of that guy it. in MMA. Oh. But it was hard for him to get over from Cuba to America. Um, but he fought this guy, Tim Kennedy, and for the first round, just he was beating that ass. He was beating Tim Kennedy's ass. It was just speed, and it was connection. He Every time he would hit Kennedy, but Kennedy's so fucking tough. Kennedy's so fucking tough. So tough. He, his strategy was just to make this guy work, to stay there, gas hang him, in there, gas him. gas him out, and so he starts attacking in the second round. And you see Romero breaking. You see him slowly start to get exhausted, and Kennedy is just working him, constantly working him, constantly making him breathe. And then the end of the round, he cracks him. But if you didn't see the controversy on Kennedy's side, there's a video of Kennedy holding Romero's glove. P pull this video up. What? K Kennedy holds Romero's glove. Oh boy. But it's put it's like there's an animated gif that probably would show it just as good. It's hard to look at and be um be like uh objective about it because if you look at just the instance where he's gla grabbing the glove it clearly looks like he's cheating and he's landing a couple punches while he's holding onto the inside of someone's glove so oh. they can't use their arm. Ooh. But when you watch it in real time, in the full context of the fight, you realized it was a fraction of a second. Yeah. And there was haymakers being thrown. He was holding onto his arm and it so happened that for a lot, not even a second... He had his hand inside the glove. Oh, okay. But that's that's not that's just a photograph. You yeah, want to yeah, see yeah. the animated yeah. GIF because the animated GIF he goes from that, which is he's holding the wrist where the glove is, which is totally acceptable, to as he's punching for a brief moment, his fingers went in there. But then after that is when he connected with some pretty big shots at the end of the round. Like I honestly, I looked at it a few times very objectively. I've had see. What's, let's play it again. Play it again from the beginning. Oh, that's a split second. He's just fighting. I mean, there. not only that, this is all in slow motion. It's yeah. a split second in slow motion. Yeah. So let's see it again. See, grab, boom. It's like not I even mean, a second. It got caught, I think. It looks like yeah. he was sliding down. He was in the middle of yeah. fucking combat. That's yeah, what was yes. going on. He was a beast right there, just swinging. God. Look at how See? tough he is. He's got it. He's got a hold of the glove. Man, I don't know. Yeah, that looks like you know he's what? holding on. It looks it. like, but it's a problem. Is it's happening in slow motion? It looks like he See slid down. See if we can down. find it. See, look at well, he definitely slid yeah. down. Yeah. But one, two. Uh, I want to know how. See, the thing is, though, in the real fight. I don't even know if that was like he realized he was holding it and he let go. I mean, how much time was he holding it? Let's see, see if you can find the real He's video. He's swinging right now. He, he doesn't care. See, forget about this because this, this is not even half speed. We need to find the real video. Okay. Find the real video so we can look at it in real time. I, but look, I was calling it. I didn't notice it. Right. If I noticed it, right. I would have definitely said something. I thought that... Uh, it's a very short time, even in slow motion. What was way more fucked up was that Romero was sitting on a stool in between rounds. They didn't make him stand up. They didn't take his stool away. There was 29 seconds between the end of the second round when he was fucking on Queer Street. He was on qu the corner of Queer Street and Queer Boulevard. He was right there. Right. Bonk, right. Bonk. He got fucking rocked, man. He walked back to his corner like a drunk. That 30 seconds is giant whose fault is that well you know they said like tim kenny was saying his corner put too much vaseline on him see that's what's wrong because it's not the corners that use the vaseline it's the ufc cut men that use the vaseline huh. and so the ufc assigns cut men we use the same cut men for every event and impartial. we just yeah yeah impartial cut men i mean 
they certainly have friends, and they, you know, I, I'm not saying it's impossible that someone would leave extra grease on. Right. But I think they left the extra grease on his eye because he had a giant cut. I saw his cut, man. His cut was huge. Right. He had a huge cut where his eyebrow was, like a good solid inch and a half long. It was a big fucking cut, and it was bleeding. And so they clo- they stopped the blood, and they put the, the Vaseline on it, but that's just what they do. The thing was... John, he recognized the Vaseline and started talking about the Vaseline mostly because Romero was still on the stool and people were still in there. So he was correcting them already. He was saying, you got to get out, get out, seconds out, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. He's got too much Vaseline on. Like he, if Romero was standing up, they might have said there was too much Vaseline on and it would have taken two seconds for them to wipe it off. Turn two of them, good, okay, fight. Like a few seconds. Yeah. But he still sat on that stool. Yeah. He sat on that stool, just sat there. He, he knows there were, Tim Kennedy's in front of him going, what the fuck, get up. Like, what's going on? And he's still just sitting on the stool. That should be it. They right. John should have called the fight right there. You, you can't just sit on the stool. Why didn't you take the stool out? This guy doesn't, but he doesn't want to do that. See, because if he does that, then the fight doesn't go on, and everybody misses the finality of the and knockout. And they get mad at him now. They get mad now. at him. Yeah, they're because like, they John, think, why did you Tim was going to knock him the fuck out. You saved that guy. That's, That's right. bullshit. That's right. So I think John, it's good that John wanted to... He knew we wanted to see more fights. Absolutely. Don't rob us of the fight. I think John... Didn't. But you can't let that happen. And it's like, you don't expect it to happen. But I guess you have to be diligent with, A, some corners who they know, they know how to fucking get their way out of a situation. They, they know that they can... Look, Angelo Dundee was one of the greatest trainers of all time. And when Henry Cooper was fighting Ali, Henry Cooper cracked Ali with a left hook. He had a vicious left hook. Ali's legs gave out and he fucking crumpled. And in between rounds, cut Angelo Dundee realized that Ali was out, so he cut his gloves yeah. off. Yeah. All right, here we go. Is this in real time? Yeah. Okay, let's see it in real time. Back it up a little bit. Because that's... that's way, yeah, that's good. This is just a highlight reel, so... Oh, okay. Let's see if we can see that in the highlight reel. Boy, what's up with YouTube? It's mostly this laptop. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. Hmm. Hold on a second. Well, now that we have those new things, can we not use the laptop now that we have the new connection, Jamie? No. It's different. All right, we'll fix that, man. Tell me what to do and fix that. I'm tired of that stupid laptop. Yeah, this laptop sucks. This laptop's bullshit. All right, bullshit. It's funny, man. Laptops of a couple of years ago, they just don't want to deal with all the new shit. You're a techie. What about the iPhone 6? I'm not a real techie. No. No. Not by any stretch. Do you have the iPhone 6? I'm a tech fanboy. Yeah. Fanboy-esque. Yeah, it's true. But I don't really know much. There we go. Here we go. Real life. Yeah, that's holding on. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. That's real time? Yeah. If but that's, look, if but that's real like time- But it looks like he slid down yeah, and caught the He glove. definitely did, but he was definitely holding the glove yeah. in real time. But again- um, did he realize he was doing it? It's it's. There's an argument could be made that he didn't realize he was doing it, but there's also an argument that could be made that he had to know when he's doing it. But he's fucking in full animal frenzy right. here. There's a difference between that and not getting up off the stool. Getting off off a stool is totally 100% calculated. There's no animal frenzy yeah, at all. That's yeah. like two and a half punches, though. Yep. Yeah, it's, no, it's totally legit. Yeah, we can really see it. You're just moving forward. I mean, you know. I mean, it, let's t- I mean, if you wanted to time it, I mean, it might have been a second. I don't think that was a strategy, though. I don't think he was like, I'm going to grab that glove. It doesn't feel like that. It feels like he, well, it's enough he reaches time, for the right? hand. Yeah, it's enough time to know that he's holding it, and then one, he lets it go. Two. See, so he's holding three. on to it. Boom. Yeah, but the first one was no. The first, no, no, no. No, no, no. The first one is holding where the glove is. That's yeah. legal. Right. You're allowed to hold the glove. 
What you're not allowed to do is this, Brian. Put your fingers inside the glove. Right. That's what you see. So you're you're misjudging it. It's probably not even. So you're one, saying it's he's holding it second. for a bunch of punches, but that's not the case because he's holding the glove in the beginning. See, so he's holding the wrist and the glove. Then, as Romero's trying to pull away, some of the fingers go into the glove for a second. But you're incorrect if you think that it's illegal to hold the gloves. Right. So I think that's one of the reasons why people think this is more egregious than it is. I don't think it is at all. If if you if he it's if something. he knew what he was doing, it was one second less than that. I if mean, he knew what he was doing, it is illegal. It's yeah. illegal what he did for sure, and it um, is in the middle of this fucking battle royale right. moment where he's connected. So, you know, I, I, only he knows whether or not he knew what he was doing. I would imagine when you're a fighter and you're in that wild scramble for your life against a stud like Yoel Romero, yeah. you're probably in a f pure animal state, yeah. just reacting on instincts. That's You've right. been smashed in the head who knows how many fucking times in that first round right. and in the second round. I mean, Romero cracked him with some big shots, and he's a spooky striker. And then at the end, he knocked him out. Romero, I think Romero sitting on the stool like that is a way bigger controversy yes. than, than well, Tim Well, Romero knew that the round that. was over. He knew the round was over. He knew he was getting extra break 100 percent yeah, yeah. 1000 million percent Knocked he was sitting off. there kennedy was in front of him saying what's going on yep. get up get up and he still just sat there yep i mean that extra 29 seconds was fucking gigantic because after this is over this fucking combination boom Jesus. boom and look at this one bam Oof. bam that last left to and that right hand afterwards punishment. and another one dude Romero can take it like almost nobody I've ever seen. It's amazing. He fought Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson head kicked him clean. <sighs> Switch kick to the head. Boom. He ate it like it was candy. <laughs> Didn't even buckle. It's so unbelievable. Dude, it was crazy. Built for I, war. I'm, I'm totally built for war. Yeah. Dude, he got chinned on the neck and just ate it <laughs> like it was nothing. <laughs> so ridiculous dude it's so ridiculous because i remember watching that fight i don't believe i called that fight i think that was a uh, kenny florian fight but i think i was watching at home going get the fuck out of here how did that guy get hit mm. with that he just he just ate it different human being but he didn't even stumble like whack god like what what no well, he, he looks as close to a superhero as you get i mean you don't get more feet out it's just dude, ridiculous there's a picture of romero with Hector Lombard and Tiago Alves. Seen it. Seen it's it. the most preposterous picture. It's like <laughs> they're so ridiculously these muscular. Jeans, the, what kind of jeans are you dealing oh. with? These gladiator jeans that these so three guys weird. have. Even Tiago looks somewhat diminutive next to those guys. Like Tiago looks Lombard. He looks like a normal dude almost like and Tiago's far from it. Yeah. It's unbelievable, man. The, next to Romero and Lombard. There's something about them Cuban jeans, man. Yeah, that's Cuban jeans are something else. That's a different Thing. And oh, by the way, you've been you've been throwing dudes around your whole life. Yeah, on a high level. Well, there was that boxer from the 1970s. I believe his name was Teofilo Stevenson, Stevens or Stevenson. But they always wanted him to fight Ali. They always wanted to get him from Cuba. He was like this amateur who'd win all the amateur tournaments. And everybody was like, "This ain't fair," because Americans get to a certain level. They're amateurs. They get to a certain level, they turn pro. But the right. Cubans never turn pro. So right. they're always amateurs. But they're being paid by Cuba. So you got these guys who are in their late 30s who've been boxing their whole life, fighting 18-year-old kids, just lighting them up. And that's what you had with like the Cuban boxing team. And everybody would say, oh, the Cuban boxing team's the best. Look, without a doubt, they're very skillful. Very skillful. But 
recognize that they're competing far longer as amateurs yeah. than anyone in America. Yeah. I mean, that's just what it was. And then when, so when the Americans were still winning, like in the 76 Olympics and Mark Breland and Pernell Whitaker and Meldrick Taylor, was that 76 or was that Roy? No. 76 was Ray Leonard. That was yeah. 88. I think it was 88. Well, it was no, 88. it was not 88. Was it, I think it was 80. I think it was 88. Two or 80, 80, 1980. Or. Mark, well, Mark Breland Mark was, Breland Olympics. Yeah, that wasn't 88, was it? I'm was surprised. it? I don't think so. Whatever happened to Mark Breland? He's, uh, he's coaching people now. Huh. Yeah, he, um, 1984. Oh, okay. Gold medal in the 1984 Olympics. Yeah, he was a bad motherfucker. I just rewatched some Pernod Whitaker fights. But the point is, oh were all, those were all kids. Those yeah. were all kids that took on, in some countries, like, you know, when you were facing Cuban boxers in amateur tournaments or sometimes the like Soviet 30. Union. Yeah, they were grown men. They weren't going to fight professionally. There was no professional fighting. You know, that was always the deal with uh, certain Soviet boxers. But Soviet boxing is really taken off now. With Kanadi Golovkin and, that, and the other all guys. All of them, man. There's a whole shitload of them. Who's going to fight? Who's the Russian? I keep forgetting. Provdikov or whatever. Who's going to fight? Provodnikov, I, I, no, no, that's not his name. The guy's going to fight Bernard Hopkins next. Yeah, he's I know. He's a killer. Yeah, he's a bad motherfucker. I, I, I don't remember his name. I just saw him fight a few weeks ago. Gennady Golovkin. No, Gennady Golovkin no, is the middleweight guy, right? Yeah, he's he fights at 54 or something. Yeah, like let's see. Bernard Hopkins next fight. Yeah, that Russian guy is scary. But yeah. Hopkins is a ridiculous freak. Kolev, Sergio Kolovet, Kol Kovalev. Sergio Kovalev. Kovalev, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. Yes. It's fascinating that Bernard Hopkins is still boxing the shit out of these guys, though, at 50. 49 yeah. years of age. And hunting, going after guys yeah. like this this guy who hits. Was, I don't think he's... I think he's knocked out everybody's fought. Yeah. Including killed a guy in the ring. What? Yes. He killed a guy? Yes, he did. What? Killed Where'd you guy. get that? That's a fact. For Part real? Yep. How do you know this? Kept fighting. I've read about him. Kovalev killed a man, all right. Yep. Kovalev... Killed a man. Cool. Wow, it's if you Google it, it that comes up really quickly. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's a killer. Wow. That's how hard he hits. Boxer dies in the ring. Yeah, his name was Roman Simakov. There's a, a video of it. Yeah. And Kovalev didn't give a fuck? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say that. But I mean, he certainly didn't. It didn't hurt his boxing. He just kept boxing. That's what people are terrified of, right? A guy who can kill a guy and then go right back and be just as good. He's got really weird power. I mean, he really hurts dudes. And if you see oh, yeah. there, we see what happens when he, there's highlights of when he hits him and they just go, what? What's this? Oh, I'm getting hit. Oh, this is a different thing. Totally different I've never been thing. hit by a sparring partner like this or in the gym. This is different. Yeah. And Golovkin's kind of the same way. Mm -hmm. Gennady Golovkin hits that hard. Like, yeah, there's a lot of those Soviet guys that can just fucking crack you. Yeah. It's weird. Well, they have an excellent... The, the, the amateur system is so good. Mm -hmm. It's just like the Cuban system. Yeah. And it's supported, the, I think. And a lot of them, they're starting out. Let me see that. Is that the, the fight where the guy died? Ugh. Pull it up to the beginning. That's bad. Sometimes guys also... And this is a, a reality of boxing. Sometimes guys come into the the ring itself already damaged from sparring. Yeah, that's very true. You know true. when Shab was talking about how he used to sp uh, spar with Shane Carwin and he would have fights and he was fucked up when he went into the fight. Like he said when he fought uh, Ben Rothwell. Yeah. He's like, dude, I got KO'd just like not long before the fight by Shane, sparring with Shane. It, that's They say that a lot of boxers were ruined in the gym wars. Fuck yeah. You know? Oh, fuck Yeah. Yeah, I mean, guys have died in gym wars, too, by the way, 
100%. this guy's a murderer, man. He's, I mean, I didn't mean that in that way. I meant like yeah, he just hits ferocious. So hard. He didn't mean to kill this guy, obviously. He of was course. boxing, you know. Well, but it might not have been his fault at all. I mean, like I said, that guy could have gone into the cage already fucked up. Yep. It's very po- into the ring, rather. Yeah. It's very, very possible that he had a pre-existing condition. It's very possible that it was from all the damage that he took while sparring. It's very possible that he cut a lot of weight and uh, he didn't rehydrate pro- it's properly. It's such a tragedy it's to awful. see something like that. Yeah, I hate is. seeing a like a, a like a great a fighter who gives his whole life and then it's just the worst man. Well, how about when Roy Jones Jr. got carried out of the ring and now we're seeing him fight again? You know, he's he's back at it. He went to sleep. Oh, he went. He was in total parallel universes. That, the one with Glenn Johnson. Yeah, the, those are the those are the that's the damage that they say mm-hmm. you don't walk away from. That's the scary one. When ones. you go out for a long time, like when Manny um, Pacquiao got you know mm-hmm. Mar- Marquez. Marquez knocked hit him with that left hook or whatever. I, I mean, he was just. And it's not just getting hit there, then falling on your face. Yeah, that's bad too. You know, yeah. that's probably as bad. That thing that happens to guys when they bounce their head off the canvas. Yeah, that's just as bad. Because you see, like, when a lot of guys get, like, viciously knocked out, it's one of the things that, that does it. I remember I, when uh, Mike McCallum fought Donald Curry. I used to be a big Donald Curry fan. Donald Curry was a sick boxer, man, in the 1980s. He was sick. He had just wicked technique, man. He just threw everything perfect. He didn't have, like, a big build. He wasn't built like like a monster. He just, had, he just was an, a wicked athlete and a really good boxer. And... um he uh, he cut weight against this guy Lloyd Hunnigan. He was he had a really hard time making 147, and that was back when they just did not know how to rehydrate people correctly. Right. They just did a terrible job of rehydrating people, and so he had to go up um, in weight class after that. He just fought like shit, and after that he was never really the same again. It's like that one loss, one one time get beaten up, and one time of like losing the confidence of being the best pound for pound fighter in the world. He was considered the best pound for pound for a while. And um, then he fought Mike McCallum. And Mike McCallum hit him with this left hook to the body, left hook to the chin. Whack, bam. And the one to the chin just sent him flying backwards. His head bounced off the canvas. Blam. It's out. Remember Ricky Hatton Hatton versus Pacquiao? The craziest thing I've ever seen. He got shut off. His whole, you saw in slow motion, his whole head looked like an accordion. Yeah. You know? He just got what, perfectly um, punched. Are there more knockouts now in the UFC, or has it stayed the same? People are getting better. If people are getting better, it makes it tougher to hit people, but they're better at hitting people. It depends on the matchups, really. Yeah. You know, there's. I think there's less people that fight in the UFC now that have one very specific discipline. You know, mm-hmm. and they're missing the other stuff. Like you never see those the grapplers that can't strike at all anymore. They're, they're all everybody's dangerous on their feet. <sighs> Everybody, every. I mean, they're not equal. It's not equal. Yeah. But there's a lot of goddamn dangerous dudes. There's very few people that have that glaring hole in their game. So you can't just go in and just beat the shit out of them. You got to set them up just like everybody else. Right. They're athletes. They move very fast. And if you fuck up and they catch you with something, you can get in big trouble, especially mm-hmm. early in a fight. So I think that people are just better all across the board. There's there's better athletes now than there's ever been before. Guys like like McGregor coming up, like Conor McGregor, 
This fucking kid's a tremendous athlete. Wonderboy Thompson, did you see that that fight? I didn't see that fight. Jesus I, Christ, that kid's good. He's great, huh? His, His fucking striking's ridiculous. He's been striking since he was like three, mm -hmm. literally. And he's all point style. Yeah. His hands are down. Taekwondo. He's staring sideways. Nobody can get on him. You get in on him, you're eating knuckle sandwiches. Front, front foot kicks, front oh, foot side kicks. Oh, everything. Kick yeah. Throws front leg side kicks to the body. Throws vicious leg kicks. Throws head kicks. Yeah. I mean, he's fucking good. He he's, has a 57-0 kickboxing record. God. Dude, fifty-seven, fifty-seven and zero, and, and he's just starting to figure out the MMA game. He's yeah. starting to get he hasn't even so comfortable. That long, right? I exactly. Mean, yeah. he's, I think he's a purple belt or a blue belt in jujitsu. His brother-in-law, I think, is Carlos Machado. He's one of the Machados. His brother-in-law. So he's, you know, he's been involved in martial arts essentially his whole life. But it's mostly just the striking. So now you're seeing him learn to avoid the takedowns. And once he's learning to avoid the takedowns. He's, you know, able he's, to he's be much more comfortable on his feet. Yeah. Now he's getting loose. Yeah. Fuck, dude. The guy's landed some ridiculous combinations, man. Mr. Dominic Cruz is looking pretty good. Dude. <laughs> he's that such was a, insane. Brendan told me he trained with him one time. He and Chael trained with Dominic Cruz. And both of them, at the end of the session, they were, they were like both basically quiet because Dominic Cruz is so smart. He was like, no, when you do this, you do this. And he was showing them stuff. And they were like, how smart is this fucking guy? He's very smart. Yeah. He's very focused. You know, I mean, you, you see that when you pay attention to his analysis. He's yeah. very good at, at analyzing. Like, he did a great breakdown once that I thought was really important for people to watch, for young fighters especially, of when Kung Lee knocked out Rich Franklin. Mm. And he shows, like, the error that Franklin made. Or, uh, Franklin threw a kick, and the counter, like, he was right in line for the counter. And he didn't move his head off the center line at all. And I'm like, this is so important that someone, like, draws this in a... He, he had a diagram, you know, wow. like, one of those things. And he's, like, showing... You know, he's like pointing to the big screen and pointing out all the different, you know, because his head aspects. is always always I mean, to the side. It's almost like TJ Dillashaw, mm -hmm. like you know, mm -hmm. like he and Dwayne watched Dominic. You know, oh well, they did. Oh, they did. Okay. Of course, yeah, that's going to be a fun fight to watch. Very fun fight to watch. TJ, if if anybody has emulated Dominic's style of movement, a lot of it's TJ. Yeah, but Dominic took it to a totally different level the other night. He he looked like he was on, like he was from another planet. I mean, he was like, that That was seriously like the next level technique, like next level aggression, next level proficiency, How next level accuracy. Very good. Really? Mitsugaki's top five. Wow. He's number wow. five or number six contender. Wow. Yeah, Mitsugaki's very good. Very good. Because what's one interesting to me is a lot of guys who shine in other division, other like organizations come over to the USC. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> like watching Donald Cerrone. In that fight against um, Eddie Alvarez, Eddie, Eddie Alvarez, and Eddie Alvarez is a kid. wasn't Eddie Alvarez the Bellator champ for a yes. while? Yeah, while he's just lost the time. I mean, he didn't even lose the title. He yeah. just left with and, the title. And then watching when he comes out of the UFC and watching how what Donald Cerrone did to him, yeah. was a real eye opener for me because he looks like such a, he is a killer and he's a great fighter, but Donald's a different level. Donald's got real Muay Thai. <sighs> that real Muay Thai is different than these guys that want to be that? boxers who just occasionally throw kicks. Mm. There's boxers who just occasionally throw kicks and there's guys who have left hook, right leg kick ingrained in their genetics. <sighs> When Donald Cerrone hits you with a left kick to the liver, you better lift up your left leg to check. Because oh. if you don't, he's coming down hard on that thigh with that shin. 
he he hooks with the left and then chops with the right and it's it's in his Ugh. DNA, dude. He'll throw that straight right, left hook, right leg kick all day long and you'll be in that moment because you're moving away from the left hook. You move away from that left hook, you step to your left to avoid the punch that's and coming from the guy's left hand and he chops that right leg kick right on your thigh. And, and he's he does bringing it over that and knee over up. Again. He's timing that knee. Every time you go in for a single leg, good luck. Boom! You know who does that awesome? is Jose Aldo. Yeah. They call it the Dutchie. They yell out in his corner, the Dutchie, the Dutchie because it's a classic Dutch combination, Dutch kickboxing being like one of the, the most talent-rich countries ever for kickboxing was Holland, like beyond, right. above and beyond. So many great fighters came from Holland. It's almost insane. Ernesto if you think Hoost, Ernesto Hoost, Badr Hari, Bas Rutten, um, Rob Kamen, who's arguably the greatest of all time, uh, uh, Ramon Deckers, who's also ob- uh, arguably the greatest of all time. And Deckers and Bas, when you, when you think the Decker, Bas Rutten is like one of the great, greatest strikers to ever enter into MMA. Mm. And one of the reasons, because he had that MMA striking training from Holland. Right. It was all like dealing with high-level kickboxing training. You know, uh, P- Peter Ertz. I mean, just you can keep going on and on and on. The great kickboxers that came out of Holland, the mm. training in Holland. Even guys who aren't from Holland, like Tyrone Spong. He learned in Holland. He developed that Holland style. But Melvin Manhoof. Yeah, Holland. he's a killer. Monsters. Yeah. There's like the kickboxing is so high level there, man. Just ridiculously high level. So they would always call that out. The Dutchie, the Dutchie. And that's that left hook. Left hook to the body, right leg kick. Aldo throws it like a fucking ballerina. It's crazy. It's like art form when he throws it. It's like, whoo, like he just spun in the air like he was doing a... Like he was a figure skater or something. I really so want to see. I want to see that. I, I'm dying to see McGregor Aldo now. Of course, who isn't? But. Well, I'm dying to see um, Aldo versus Chad Mendes too, man. Mendes yeah. has improved his striking, but uh, Aldo is always a motherfucker. M- man. Mendes is going to have a hard time because he's so short and stocky. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to have a very hard time getting close to. Uh, McGregor, man, he just fights at a different distance. Yeah, well, that's why we want to see them fight. You know, yeah. it's always interesting when someone has a big task to deal with. But the other task is we've never seen McGregor fight a guy who's a monster wrestler like Mendez. Mendez is a super athlete and a monster wrestler. Like what happens if McGregor gets taken down? How how well does he fight off of his back? How well does he do when he gets clay guided? Like clay guided did to Anthony Pettis, just stuck on him like yep. glue and dragged yep. him to the ground and made a stalemate out of it. What does he do then? And that's a beautiful thing about watching contenders with various styles go at it is that you get a chance to see like from a strategic standpoint point there's so many variables like there's kind of there's some variables in boxing and in kickboxing there's movement and different combinations you could throw but the variables between striking and grappling and the transitions between those two are what makes mma so fucking exciting and some of the things that people boo at and they get bummed out about like clay guida stifling anthony pettis to the point where he can't get anything off those are good. You have to see those. Because yeah. you got to know that a guy can do that. Mm-hmm. Because when you see a guy like Conor McGregor who's just running through everybody, you go, okay, what happens if he fights a guy who just has a lightning shot that you can't stop, like Josh Koscheck in his prime, a guy who, just like Yoel Romero, shot lightning shot, yeah, yeah just yeah. drives you across the cage like your fucking pillow and tosses <laughs> you in the air and slams you on your back. You're like, oh, next level shit. Different. What do you do? Yeah. How do you react? Yeah. And we don't know that yet. Yeah. That's one of the cool things about watching different styles go at it. You don't know what the fuck is going to happen. I mean, McGregor could hook kick him in the face. He could do something crazy. I, the or, first thing he threw was a hook kick. Which first I've actually, thing he threw? I don't think I've ever seen that in the USA. Very rarely. A straight up Taekwondo hook kick. Yeah, I mean, um, 
Crocop's thrown a couple, but it was almost like it was almost like this is how much respect I have for you. I'm gonna hook kick at you. Well, it's, like if you are good at it, yeah. you've got a good chance of landing it because mm-hmm. people don't expect it. Right. It's like this guy Larry Kelly. We've, we've talked about him on the podcast before. He was a guy in Boston that was known to have a really good hook kick. He was known for it. Right. Bill Superfoot Wallace had a really good hook kick. Yeah. This guy Larry Kelly, back when Billy Blanks used to be a point fighter. He hook kicked Billy Blanks in the head and sent him flying across the thing unconscious. Wow! Wow! It was like one of the greatest. The one thing I never find it. Larry Kelly KOs Billy Blanks. I I know we've shown it on the podcast before, but it was it's a weird kick to get good at because it's an awkward movement of the body. Yes. But if you practice it, you can get it like everything else. Like a wheel kick's a wheel weird kick, but once you learn how to distribute your weight properly and whip yourself through it, it becomes like easy or at least. You can use in, it. Ingrained. You can use it. Yeah. yeah. So same thing with the hook kick. I never really developed a good hook kick. Me neither. I used to hate practicing it. It was always the thing we used to be like, all right, here's hook kick. Let's move on. I want to do roundhouse. But it's good though. Yeah. It's it's. I just I was I I had you know like here it is. Watch this. Is this, this is this crazy. Is Billy Blanks. Boom, dude. Yeah. Right. Hook kick to the face. Al That's Cole. crazy. Yeah. Watch watch that one more time. Larry Kelly was. Uh, I was living in Boston, and this guy was. Um, Larry Kelly Billy was like Blanks. one of the karate guys that you'd hear about in the Western Massachusetts area. He was like one of the best at this style, this point style of karate fighting. Yeah. Which there was some boom. Look at that shit. Man, Crazy. He thought it was going to be a slide side kick. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he and just slid he, back and caught it right on the jaw. That's amazing. Yeah, there was a bunch of those guys. There was Billy Blanks, and there was a couple other guys that I don't remember their name. There's one guy named Mafia Holloway who was this big yoked up black dude. Who was like super fucking fast? Those, man. those taekwondo guys. When you watch like like some of those, they were karate guys. They, they were karate kick guys. so hard, and I mean, you get caught in the head with those kicks, like yeah. wheel kick, roundhouse. Good luck. You no doubt. Sleep. Yeah, there was a lot of those guys. Kill you. Very very fast, and especially if you try to fight them at that style, because that style, what it is, they they lunge in, they hit each other, and then they break the action up. It's real weird. It's like, but there's something good. The idea behind it is kind of silly because the idea is really based on this notion that a karate man is too deadly to ever land right. more than one punch. And that even when you land, like they would get, people would get in trouble for excessive contact. Like if you hit too hard. Yep. You get disqualified. But I think yeah. it's funny that ta- like karate, taekwondo, and those, a lot of those moves like hook kick and slide side kick and roundhouse, you know, the way they do it in taekwondo are, are kind of just becoming more relevant now yeah. in, in yeah. MMA. Well, they're, was, they're really good to have because you I was can fight say, from a distance. What I was going to say is the the good thing about the breaking it up is that you have to learn how to close that distance the best way you can. Like mm-hmm. that was the the emphasis was entirely on closing the distance and landing. Right. The emphasis was not on doing anything after that. So once they learned how to close that distance, like r- with ridiculous speed. If you fight people that are used to only continuous fighting, oftentimes that's not something they're good at because right. it's too dangerous. Right. You don't just launch yourself across the ring at somebody because if you do, you can't get fucked up, man, mm-hmm. unless you're really good at launching yourself across the ring and being evasive. And one of the best ways to do that is to learn how to play tag. And what, that's essentially what these karate mm-hmm. guys are doing. Mm-hmm. And if you can learn how to play tag way better than anybody else, that's a fucking giant advantage. And that is what Conor McGregor's doing. That's what Wonderboy Thompson is doing. What these guys are doing is they're incorporating a point style of fighting. And the people who are used to that Muay Thai style or a Taekwondo style, like in point fighting, like you know, or um, uh, continuous fighting. They're they're not used to it. They're right. not used to someone who launches themselves with like such fluidity across right. the cage, like that that hook kick. No one would do. You reaching. Do, like you wouldn't that. do that in a Muay Thai fight. No. 
No. Because you would never develop it that good. Right. Because to have that as your approach over and over and over again, it's really ridiculous. Right. Somebody's going to know what you're doing, and they're going to chop your leg, but they can't when you get so good at it because you've done it to this incredible level of proficiency. Mm-hmm. So they develop like a, it's a weird j- jump. And it's the same thing with Taekwondo in a way. Because there's a lot of Taekwondo te- techniques develop because they don't allow leg kicks. Because if they allowed leg kicks, a lot of the shit you do wouldn't work. Mm. That was one of the first things that I learned when I started kickboxing was that there's two things that I suck at. I suck at getting kicked in the legs and I suck at boxing. Right. Like when I was outside kicking distance, I was good. But when guys get close to me, I would be flustered. I didn't know what to do. I got punched in the face a lot. I got my leg kicked. Yeah. I was like, ooh. Well, that was, that's what's so different about Conor McGregor, which I didn't realize he was a national champion. He was a national amateur champion as a boxer, which I didn't know. And mm. they never really talk about it in the UFC. You never see that really in his credits. But he, was, he won the nationals. Well, it's, so it's his kicking that's almost more impressive. His well, I'm saying that he's one of the few guys who can kick, and then when he's in there, his hands are amazing. Yes. Like, he doesn't have that problem. He's a good, he's an yeah. excellent boxer. He's an excellent boxer. What's, what's shocking to me is how well he's picked up the kicking. He's like throwing hook kicks and spinning back kicks. Like that's his opening moves. I really think, I really think a lot of it is like he truly is after, in a, such a single-minded way, such a single-minded way, the championship that's yeah. all that matters well, and, he's, and it's the next he's next level yeah, there's next, next level. level guys there's like okay here's the new evolution yeah. the next level guy is a guy who's a wicked boxer who's got an iron chin who fucking totally believes in himself has so charisma ridiculous. coming out of every fucking pore in his body oh and he can knock you the fuck out <laughs> with any hand and he calls it he predicts it like so ali crazy. predicted he's going to knock out the number 5 guy in the world with within the first round Dressed, and he did it. Dressed to the nines. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's awesome. Fucking love the guy. So do I. And a guy like that, man, that's next level shit. Yeah. That's like everything that John Jones has failed to do with the public, this fucking guy has done without even winning the championship. It's incredible. It's fascinating. Because like a lot of people, like I, I've always tried to figure out what it is about someone that makes people like them. It's so hard to tell, man. You don't know what the fuck it is. Like I never saw a guy like McGregor coming. I never saw that. I always felt like, you know, I've, I've seen all the different models. Being able models to r- rise up to the hype, right? So it's one thing to talk a big game. It's another when you are actually championship material, when your yeah. skill level. Yeah. And you're doing what you said you do. When you, when you predict the first round knockout with a guy like Justin Poirier. Dustin. I mean, Dustin Poirier. Jesus Christ. Bro. I know, I'm terrible. You have a fighter podcast. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, with Dustin Poirier, I, I keep saying Justin. But I mean, that guy's a killer. You know, yeah. and he did it. Poirier is a bad motherfucker. Yeah. He just got caught up in the in the headlights. Um, you know, McGregor's no joke. He's yeah. really good. Yeah. And again, he's next level. Well, you were at the way and what was he saying to him? I wasn't at the oh, way. You weren't, okay. I was in Toronto. Oh. Yeah, um, he's a it's a it's a fascinating time for martial arts, man. Really interesting time because all these techniques that were thought to be not like pivotal techniques have become pivotal techniques like front kicks to the face. That's not even a flashy technique, but once Anderson landed it on Vitor, all of a sudden it became like a number one technique. And then uh, Brown landed it on Alistair. Yeah. He landed it Crazy. perfectly in that fucking, oh my God, it's Vitor, or not uh, Vitor, Vitor getting knocked out by Anderson, but 
um, Randy getting knocked out by Machida with a jumping yeah. front kick. Machida took it to the next level. I want to thank, thank Mr. Sivas Golf. Did you front kick? It's so crazy that these techniques, like that, no, and the, now Thompson does like a lot of like front leg round kicks. He does a lot of weird shit. He sneaks kicks over behind your shoulder and then chops Josh down. Josh Thompson? Uh, no, Wonderboy Thompson. Oh, Stephen Thompson. Yeah, yeah. He's doing a lot of like weird, interesting karate kicks. Yeah. Josh Thompson's got some serious kicks too. He's like the first guy to stop Nate Diaz in the octagon. He head kicked him. Yeah, that was fucking nasty. Speaking that was of a Diaz, vicious fight. Nick Diaz is really coming back to fight. Anderson, Anderson Silva. Yeah. When is that? January. You want to be there? Uh, Come yeah. on, I got yeah. a show. Do the show at, uh, at um, Mirage. Um, at the Mirage. What what day in January? Whatever. It's like whatever January second. I'll figure is. it out. January 1st, probably? I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Do you have a, a, a New Year show anywhere? Yeah. Where you at? I'll be in Bora Bora with my family. What? So yeah. you're never going to make a show in Vegas. How dare oh, you? Oh, it's in it's it's New Year's. Oh, shit. What are you, retarded? Yeah. What are we talking about here? I don't know. I kept thinking it was after that. He, this is reason. Brian, by the way. Maybe He'll I'll be tell back. you, I'll be at your party. Wait, wait maybe He'll I'll be tell back. you, hey, I'm going to be in Russia for a month. <laughs> what? Wait, wait. How wait, are you going to come to my party? You RSVP'd, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know. You're Sorry. such a child. Well, that's why you're funny. I'm in Bora Bora. Well, you know, speaking of which, I'll be in. Uh, I, I like irresponsible people. I'll be at the Atlanta Improv October 16th, 17th. Just plug it like that. That's weird. What you were talking about? Where you'd be? No, no, no. I didn't talk about where. I'd what be. I just happened to have. Talking, Wait. Okay, there's a better fights. way to do it. We're talking about fights. You want to be there for the? But fight. you want me? When do you want me? Not October 16th, 17th, 18th, right? Tickets aren't even sale for my thing yet. No, not because oh, I'll be in putty. Atlanta. I'm trying to bring you in. The Improv. That's where you're at for what? New Year's? No, I'm I'm <laughs> with my family. I was talking about October. Why are you going to Bora Bora? What the fuck is that? My dad's taking everybody. Oh Christ! The whole family, things. kids, and everything. The patriarch. Yeah. Yep. Tell I was that. like, really? All right. Mm. Mm. I've never been. I get nervous on vacation. I'm just not good. Really? Taking. You get off. nervous? And I just I just get restless. I can't hang. Just here's here's the reality. Our life is way more fun than average. <laughs> you get to be a goddamn comedian it's all the time, true. and like. It's a Friday night and there's no show. You look at your watch and go, shit, I could be on stage right now. It's like Chris D'Elia. <laughs> Chris D'Elia was like, if I'm not, why would I do anything? Why would I talk to you, dude, when all I do is crush and, <laughs> and come? <laughs> He's like, you know what I like to do? I go, crush and come. That's hilarious. Goes, yeah. <laughs> How it's about just, that? How about Chris living in a good old pocket there? I was loving it. Just, the, just his his Instagram cracks me up, and he's just fucking loving stand up, just selling out, selling out all over the place. It's nice to be in a, a place where everything starts clicking. Yeah, you know, I see guys like him. Everything is clicking. You know, mm -hmm. it's all firing together. It's cool to watch. Yeah, man. I've been watching a lot of stand up over the last last few weeks. Really? Yeah, I watched Cat Williams special, and I. Uh, I enjoyed it. There's a lot, and a lot of people, some people were criticizing it. I enjoyed it. One of the things I really enjoyed is there's a version of it on YouTube. If you see the version on YouTube, somebody captured like one of his sets before the special was actually taped huh. where it was like he was on fire. He was just like hitting every beat, getting ready for the special, yeah. you know, and it was more loose and relaxed than the yep. actual special itself. I really enjoyed it better, actually. I thought you could see like how funny he really is when he, he's on. He, I didn't know who he was and I saw him at the comedy store a while back. When? Uh, I was so blown away. How I long ago was this? Him, I don't know, uh, three, four years ago. Oh, okay. And I remember just watching him. It was on Trippin' on Tuesdays or whatever they call it. And I was just like, what the fuck? And I walked up to him. I go, bro, 
That was incredible. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. Know, it was a very funny dude. Yeah. He's powerful, man. He's yeah. pro- when he's nailing it, man. He's powerful. Twenty years of comedy, right? More yeah. than that. That's my kind of comedy too. It's mm-hmm. I, I love his kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. It's just so ridiculous that w- when he had that issue, like he had a bunch of arrests and all kinds of shit. I was really bummed out because he's like one of my favorite guys to watch. I'm like, please don't spiral. Don't spiral. Keep it together. Is he man. back though? Is he? Is yeah, he? Yeah. Well, he did. Well, you know, only he knows. But he did that special. That was a big thing. He did it on HBO. Spike mm-hmm. Lee directed it. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing. I think he's the funniest. He makes me laugh the most. Kills me. When he's on, you know. But Stanhope makes me laugh hard too, but in a totally different way. Stanhope is like pointing shit out that is just ridiculous and then driving it through the fucking skull of America. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cat Williams is just being hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just being, I mean, he has points. He does make points, but he's right. just, he's all about being fucking hilarious. Right. Whether it's making fun of himself or making fun of, you know, someone else or everybody. I just this is a great time for comedy, man. It's a great time to be a fan. Yeah, it really is. And it's a great time to be a comedian too, because there's so much stupid shit going on. It's like every time you turn around, there's some new fucking stupid thing. It's just endless too. You just there's so many things to talk about. If I followed sports, boy, I really have material. If you had like some uh, some good NFL wife beating yeah. material, yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. But it seems like every day you try to. I think it's been going on forever. I think now it's just being more exposed. You I think mean, that's what it is? Huge league, a n- huge number of guys. Yeah, what is the You're number of guys? You're going to get three or four dudes mm-hmm. in the NFL. How many? Oh, I think there's 50, 50 guys a team. Jamie would know. How many guys Minimum in the NFL? Minimum 50 guys a team. What's huh? that? 50 per team, 32 teams. 50 per team? 50. Yeah, so 50 times 32. You're going to have three or four dudes yeah. in that ratio who are going to step out. Okay, I'm not surprised. There's no doubt about it, right? Yeah, I mean... That's a thousand something? What is that? 1,500? 1,500 dudes. If 1,500 dudes, that's a pretty low average, actually. If you only get a few wife beaters. I wonder what would happen if you got 1,500 cement workers. 1,500... Probably be a little higher. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. How about 1,500, you know, whatever. Fill in the blank. Yeah. You know, that's why... When when everybody says, you know, oh, this guy got divorced, he got fucked over, women are cunts... You, that's all you ever hear about. But I love when I hear about people that get amicably separated. Yeah. And nobody hurts anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's, there was a lady who got arrested who was on The Walking Dead. She, uh, she was an actress. Like She had a small part on The Walking Dead. She sent ricin, like that fucking poison, <clears throat> to people under uh, her husband's name. Wow. Like She tried to say that he was sending it, and God. it was her. She's doing like 20 fucking years in jail for that. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. Some people take it to a whole nother level. Oh, I'm you kidding poison me? Poison people. I'm gonna send poison and get you locked up in jail forever oh, and laugh. Crazy. I'm gonna set you up because you don't want to be with me anymore, or you cheated on me, or what? You know, you fucking wrecked my car, or whatever the hell he did. I don't know what he did. I know a guy who was dating a girl. We got in a fight. She um, pulled. He fell asleep. He took a pill to fall asleep on the plane. She unzipped his pants and pulled out his junk and oh. let it sit there. And he got in real trouble for that. Oh, my God. How did he ever get out? Uh, he had to go to court. He had to hire a lawyer and go to court and everything, in fact. Oh, and, my God. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a major. And they were even thinking about having him. He was going to maybe even have to register as a sex offender. It became a real issue. Oh, my God. It was a nightmare. And um, this story goes on, but I won't talk about it publicly. Fuck. 
Yeah. Oh she was crazy. God. She was well, crazy. that can happen because you know what, man? You don't know. They can't scan your brain and say, oh, this guy's not a sex pervert. He's just a guy that got caught up in a relationship with a crazy person. Right. But, you know, there's so, there's so much power in accusing someone of something or in setting someone up. There's so much power. Yeah. If, if someone can do that, male or female, if someone can send anthrax in your name and get you busted watch it all from the sidelines ha 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 my plan works Jesus like what kind of a sick fuck thousand ways to get caught though when those forensics guy come in Mm -hmm. and they go and they start asking you questions they're like well let's go through this well all they have to do is get your DNA so many people they leave DNA on envelopes they don't even realize that you're sweaty fuck you licked that envelope Uh. oh you licked it Congratulations, you're arrested for the rest of your life. One of the best people I know is such a good guy. He got accused besides you. Uh, besides you. Besides you. <laughs> in the workplace. It's <laughs> <in> the- <laughs> so funny. How you suddenly get hurt. What? Uh, fuck? One of the fuck? One of the best people I know got accused of sexual harassment and got suspended Whoa. from his job for a year. It was a government job. Mm. So he hires a lawyer. Did he really sexually harass No, him? no. My you God, sure? the story is crazy. The story was he said something... He said something in allusion to her dress that had relevance to something else. And she goes, I don't feel comfortable and ran out. But she has a history of doing this to people. So um. he hires a lawyer, a woman. So you have to hire this woman. It, my buddy said <laughs> they, went, they went and sat at a table. And before it even got to any kind of trial or anything, they, they, they usually think about arbitration. He, started, he said she started asking this woman some questions. And you got to realize, this woman thought she could get away with a lie. But all of a sudden, she got into the ring. She got in the ring with somebody who does this for a living. Mm. With a lawyer who this specializes in people who... Fraudulent claims. Who fr- and- fraudulent claims. So all of a sudden, she, start, she started asking this woman questions that my friend hadn't even thought of. And he said, dude, it was the crate. He eviscerated her until she finally said, I don't feel comfortable. I don't want to do this. <laughs> she went, she jubbled her hands. I don't feel comfortable. I don't want to do this. And, and she goes, so do you want to drop the charges because you were maybe fabricating the circumstances? I don't, whatever, whatever. Well, it went away. But it's still scary that someone could just do that to decide. Fuck yeah, it is. They decide they hate you. Fuck yes. Or they decide they love you, and you don't want to have anything to do with them. Oh, God. Play Misty for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that out there, man. People are fucking nuts. Male and female, both sides. That's why it's gross when anybody ever goes one way or the other. I'm all for women's rights. I'm all for men's rights. Some some women I don't like at all. I'm just all for okay? fair. Be some fair. men I don't want to be around ever right. for the rest of my life. It doesn't matter what gender they are. Like I don't give a fuck. Right. Should men, women get extra rights? No. Should they get equal rights? Absolutely. Yeah, be everyone, fair. Everyone. Fair. Everyone should be treated evenly by the law, right. without a doubt. Exactly. But when you're like, when you're more geared up towards one side or the other, like I can't get behind these men's rights dudes. I can't. So strange. I t- look, I think there's definitely some fucked up laws when it comes to alimony. There's some fucked up laws when it comes to child, uh, child like custody laws. And, you know, some people do, like what you were talking about and what I was talking about, some people will make fraudulent claims about their children. Hmm. And they'll do it and they'll set a guy up just so that they can get total custody. They're going right. to war. Right. So if they'll lie about I mean, someone who would send ricin is not above lying about what the husband did to the children. Right. You know, there's a lot of crazy shit that goes on. But it's a human issue more than it's a male woman that's right, issue. That's right. There's some fucked up laws for sure. Well, I was going to say that if you took 1,500 women, I wonder how many actually have, have lashed out and hit their husbands. 
Uh, even in the Ray Rice video, I believe she, not, hits, not, him. she yeah. hits him. So it's, it's not justified, but yeah, she no, hit him. But no. what you're supposed to do is hold on to them. Of Unless course. you're the same size. Unless you're fighting Ronda Rousey, you better throw some <laughs> fucking bombs. Or oh, you better be ready to tap out. You gotta, I hope she doesn't break your shit off and stuff it up your ass. No doubt. Yeah. she will. But it, otherwise, just grab a hold of them. Don't hit. It's just... And if you really are fighting a chick that, if you're living with a chick who is prone to violence and can probably kick your ass, break up with break her. Break up with her. She's yeah. too scary. Run away. It's too scary. I dated a girl who used to get very physically abusive. Ooh. She's, That's scary. She called her dumb once. She was drunk. I didn't know she was drunk. One of those drunks where you don't know they're drunk. And she, like, they just act normal. They're just kind Why'd of blank. Call dumb? I called her dumb. Oh, Why'd why? you call her dumb? I can't remember, but uh, <laughs> it was just one of many things I called her. How she swung you. a boot at me so hard, at so hard. She was so strong. I ducked, I ducked in it, and I had one of those sliding closets, and it just just went right through that cl sliding closet. Just goosh, just a hole in it. Whoa! I was like, "What is going on here, man?" I mean, it was nuts. It was. Did you fuck her after that? Sure did. Yeah, I knew. I it. held her down. I said, See? "Hey, calm down, calm down," <laughs> and then we fucked. Well, well that's the best part of that kind of relationship. Uh, that's that, what people that, like, that was right? fun for a year. <laughs> till, it, till I had to figure out a way Did to I meet evict her? her. Yeah. Okay, let's not talk to her. I know who that is. Yeah. Um you know, the violent part and the making up part, a lot of times that's like what they grew up with, right? Yeah. Um yeah, or they run out of I think a lot of times violence is an offshoot of running out of a, a, a other ammunition so you're not you can't think of something witty to say you can't really think of a comeback you don't even know what to do i think a lot of times it's almost like um uh, you regress immediately you just strike you just strike because children when they don't have the language they'll hit i dated a girl when i was in high school and uh we broke up and she was dating this dude and uh she used to we used to work at the same place and when i went to visit her once I was talking to her and she was telling me, she was crying, telling me about this guy that she was dating that beats her. He hits her. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, like I couldn't believe it. And then she goes, you know what's really fucked up? I like it. <laughs> oh, I could have finished that sentence for you. I go, you like it? Yeah. And she goes, yeah, I like it. I don't know why. I like it when he hits me. I go, you like it when he hits you? Yeah. I go, like, do you want him to keep hitting you? She's like, no, I'm just fucked up. <laughs> And I go, whoa. I go, I, you mean he like he, he broke her window? He punched through her window? Yeah, because she's important crazy. enough. She's important enough right. to elicit an insane response so she feels valued. Well, I was, it was know? fascinating to me because we were both really young at the time. I think I was probably, shit, I couldn't have been more than like 17 or 18. Yeah. And she was probably like the same. She was like 17. I was 18, I think, wow. something like that. So when she was telling me this, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, you like it when this guy hits you? Strange. I like, might have been nineteen, eighteen, and not yeah, but so it was strange. in that neighborhood. You yeah. know, we were just had a high, just had a high school. You know, she had graduated, so she had to be eighteen. So it was, um, it was just bizarre conversation. I was like, you can't let people hit you. Look at how many people wore Ray Rice. How many women wore Ray Rice's jersey and number at the next game? Because they want that violent dick. I don't know. That's but they were all in solidarity. That's I thought that is. was amazing. Yeah, there's a weird thing. 
It's a weird thing when people just decide to fucking jump on board with the asshole. His wife, his wife, his wife came out and was very public uh, about defending him. Yeah, well, hey, um, it's she more complicated. got half her fucking brain knocked in. Who knows where her judgment's <laughs> at? Dude, she got KO'd and bounced her head off the pole. She could have easily been Died, dead. Yeah. Easily been dead. Yeah. Easily been dead. The idea that he hit her like that. And the, me, I don't know, man. Also, the way he dragged her out and didn't really tend to her. No, he kind of, he kind of. That was what I thought was so impersonal and strange. Like he just, like if he had, if he had knocked her out and grabbed her and be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my right. god. Like I just, I, I reacted or whatever. Yes. Okay, I'm a violent guy. I play football, but to, to kind of almost look at her and kind of move her with his foot and it was just like oh wow you you are that's that's bad news fucked up that's the most fucked up well no the most fucked up is the impact the punch that's the second most fucked up thing is how he treated her like bitch get the fuck up you know just it wasn't until someone showed up and people were kind of freaking out that it became you know something and and by the way there are are cameras and elevators i don't know if you know that in 2000 nobody was thinking that man all he was thinking was She's she ain't hitting me, you know. Yeah. He's gonna hit her back. There's, I was on a plane once with Michael Irvin, and Michael Irvin, we we're it's a long ass flight. We we're going to Australia. Just randomly happened to be on the plane with me, and he's a good dude. He's always great, at the UFC. Yeah. yeah, he's a great guy, you know, and a great athlete. And we're mm-hmm. talking, and he was talking about this foundation that he has, where he works with uh, a lot of uh, young kids, teaches them how to harness their anger. And what he explained, he was explaining this to me on the flight that. When kids grow up in bad neighborhoods with their, there's violence in the house and then the mother's under stress all the time, it changes like the, the reaction that the boy has to violence when he gets outside. It changes his reaction to stress. Mm. It makes him like ultra impulsive. It makes him like in- inclined towards violence. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how you literally have to figure out how to rewire your brain. You know, and he was talking from personal experience. And he was talking about how you have to figure out how to rewire your brain in a positive way. Right. You know, and that it's very important to recognize that these kids are coming out of the gate with the, the amount of control that you expect out of a reasonable adult. They don't have that amount. They have less. And one of the reasons why they have less is the shit they're exposed to when they were in the fucking womb, man. I mean, it's like it's beyond them. Yeah. You know, and... I think that's the case with a lot of people. I've wondered if that's the case with myself. You know, I don't think I was exposed to too much stress in the womb, but I was exposed to a lot of violence when I was young. Yeah. I remember a lot of like fucking crazy shit in my house, in my dad's house after my mom moved out because my dad used to beat my mom. I, I remember, I remember some that's violent crazy shit. stuff. That's dude. You don't you, get over that. I mean, that's that shapes me. you. I mean, I remember, I remember how you were when you were younger. Because the world was a dangerous place, man. You kept things at an arm's length. You were always ready to go. Always. Like, you just were always like, who's that guy? I don't know that guy. You got to be careful. Why is that guy talking to us right now? I remember you were always paranoid that way, controlling of the environment, you know? And then you started to calm down. I think weed helped a lot. That helped a lot. You know? And you got older. But, I mean, when you were younger, you were not, you trusted me and maybe one or two other people. It was also, I was coming straight off of competitive fighting. For sure. like most of my formative years, like from 15 to 21, it's then I go into though, comedy. It's also happened when you were, in, it happened back then. All that then. shit, all it's, that shit. You yeah. didn't feel safe. When you, have, when you have a dad like you did, I'm sorry, man. That's not, you, kids aren't supposed to see that. Or they are. Yeah, you well, know? by I mean, the way, you know. Worked out you know, for man, me. You know, I figured it out. We, it took a long time. We spend all our time trying to shelter and protect our children. I wonder if that's the best thing sometimes, too. I mean, Dude, I, out of the gate, I trusted nobody. Fucking man. 
I remember being five years old and uh, thinking people were retarded. I remember clearly, like, seeing people argue over shit when I was, like, five years old, going, these fucking dummies. Jesus Christ. I remember being in Lebanon during the war. What? How old were you? I was, uh, I'll I'll do you one even better. I was fifth, sixth, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, I think, or even younger. So what Um, is that, 10? I was uh, probably from the age of, yeah, eight, nine, 10 in the war. Uh, and and seeing hearing machine guns having to sleep on the floor having to sleep in the basement seeing planes bomb you know shoot missiles and bomb a gas station when you're like hey dad how many more years of this shit we got to deal well, with my before dad we get the fuck back to at America? At one point, my dad couldn't get back in. We had to be evacuated to Greece. But that feeling, that fe- that feeling of helplessness as a boy, machine guns, men in uniforms, just me, my mom, and my sister, that kind of stuff, that stuff makes you feel, you never forget that stuff. Don't you think that that also sort of imparted that nomadic thing that you have going on where you could like live anywhere? Fuck you yes. You could pull up right now. What? Like, Brian is like one of the only dudes that I know where I could say, hey, man... I got a place in New Mexico. You want to move there with me? Yeah. Okay. No if you problem. didn't have a family, <laughs> no problem. You would you would pull up your shit and go anywhere. I don't, don't make a attachments, fuck bro. At all. Uh, You'd, I'd be like, what do you need to bring? Uh, my clothes. Let's go. Let's get out of here. You don't. I I remember when you didn't have a doorknob. <laughs> He didn't have a fucking doorknob. You know, some people say, oh, the guy keeps his door open all the time. He's never, his door's yeah. never locked. No, no, no. He didn't have a fucking doorknob. nothing you could steal I, I care about. I would go over his house, and I would go, bro, you don't have a doorknob. Nah. Like, I go open, I can get on my knees, and I can look through your fucking door hole. How about in Venice when the woman was, I tell you, cooking breakfast. She's cooking. You got it going on, honey. She's making a meal at my stove. The cops were, you want to press charges? I was like, no. A homeless go, hey, person just walked in. I was like, that I was the same place. Yeah. That was the same place where you yeah. didn't have a doorknob. Yep. Yep. He was in completely Venice. ridiculous. In completely ridiculous. What are you going to steal? My TV? I don't care. Yeah. You could just, you could always abandon shit. Whatever. But do you, do you think that's why, like, you don't appreciate nice shit. Like you don't even appreciate like a nice car. Like no. you don't, you make good money. Yep. You can get like one of those sweet new Cadillacs or something yep. like that. Get a Tesla if I wanted. Ooh, I looked at the numbers. Yeah, comfy to drive around. I just I, I've this. always had a sense of guilt partially because I grew up in in countries where people had nothing. I remember seeing like somebody with leprosy and no oh. foot in in Yemen. Uh, through the, going through the marketplaces, when you're a white kid and and the math falls in your favor for no fucking reason, you 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 don't think that you're God's favorite. You just as a kid, I couldn't navigate or understand why I saw like kids coming up to us starving in India and in Pakistan asking for food right. dirty, and I had everything. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make you feel good as a kid, especially not someone like me. I had the imagination or whatever it was to kind of go. I got lucky because the math fell in my favor. I did zero to deserve this. And that, that creates two things, guilt and shame, I think. Right. Um, and I never lost that. I never lost that. That's I still feel that way. That's fascinating. I hate having people come work at my house. Like if, if they're doing work in my house and I go out of my way to make sure that they, you know, feel like I'm the same as mm. they are. I don't like right, being, right, I'd be right, terrible. Right, right. I'd be a terrible king. I feel mm. I find it very uncomfortable. Uh, all that stuff, anyway. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, that might be why. My father laughed at me one time. He came to visit me, and my father grew up poor, and he was laughing. He goes, "What's with this car?" I was driving some terrible Ford, and it was really dirty. And he's like, "You know, I, I can afford to buy you a Lexus if you wanted. Would you want one of those?" And I was like, "No." 
I never thought of that. First of all, I don't want somebody else getting it for me. Second of all, it just didn't, it wouldn't make an impact in my life, you know? Right, right, And right. I respect, though, like Brendan. Brendan Schaub grew up with not a lot of money, so nice things to him, nice clothes, nice car, they mean a lot. They mean, they, they, they remind him that he's not what Struggling he used anymore. to be. Yeah, yeah, man. So I've always respected the idea of a limited materialism. I, I understand mm -hmm. where it comes from. I also think it depends on what you're turned on by. I'm more interested, I'm more interested in, uh, you know, somebody said, this woman who wrote this book said, I had all these experiences. She went and studied, worked with the KGB as an interpreter and then went to the Ar Antarctic and then went to India. And she said, I was doing nothing. I had all these experiences, but my brain wasn't changing. I needed to figure out how to change my mind. She had failed math in, in high school, but she was looking, she was in the military and she was watching all these uh these engineers solve problems in this beautiful way, but it looked like hieroglyphics. And she goes, wait a minute, if I can learn how to do this, then I'll change the way my brain works. And she talks about it a lot, and she became a professor of engineering. But, you know, th that, I think I'm more interested, maybe, maybe it depends on what you're more turned on by. I'm really fascinated with changing who I am, in a way, maybe the way I think. What are you trying to be? Um, what are you better, trying to do? Better, uh, more, just, just continue to be as original and as creative as I can be. That's all. That's my thing. And you can't have a Tesla in that? I can. I want to get a Tesla, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to. I'm I mean, waiting for my Passat, my turbo diesel Passat lease to run out. This is just devil's advocate. Yeah. But people that make good money mm. and then don't buy nice things, what is the fucking point of making good money? I agree. Someone who is poor, who looks at you, would be like, hey, dummy. But I have a you're nice house. One, and, you, you yeah. know, you're like part of, you know, we talked about this yesterday, the 1% mm. of the world of the world. Yeah. More than $34,000 a year. It's just nuts. That's the world. I know how lucky I am. Do you know how crazy that is? Yeah. And I buy nice things. I mean, I have a nice house and all that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, believe me, I'm not like some Spartan. I'm not saying you are. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is- Get a Tesla. That's what you're saying. What I'm saying is people that like make a ton of money and then don't buy nice things. There's one, that's one look like, well, hey man, you know, you, you're the guy who has the opportunity to make a bunch of money and buy nice things. But then there's the other point of view. It's like, okay, well, what are you- you know, you'd hear about Warren Buffett lives in a regular neighborhood, and he's yeah. got a fucking hundred billion dollars. Um, yeah, that well, becomes its own live, form of affectation, right? It's if like, he's going to live in a regular neighborhood, how about you give away eight billion? Yeah. You ain't even going to use it. Yes. It's just sitting there in your 90. Correct. And I'm sure there's a lot of like philanthropic adventures that he invests money in. I'm sure he spends a lot of money on other things. But I'm saying like, what level do you think you're supposed to give back like, are you supposed to give to charity? Are you supposed to be nice to your fellow humans? It's, it's what it I've been writing about. Or the other? I've been writing about the idea that, you know, this, this idea that I've not done anything bad enough to go to hell, but I feel like I haven't done anything good enough to go to... I'm definitely not sitting anywhere close to Mother Teresa if, if she's in heaven. You know, I, I just feel like I... What are you talking a lot about more, heaven and hell? In other words, in other words, there's a lot more I could be doing to give to charity. Are like you being I'm, literary? I'm, I'm, yes, I'm being literary. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being deep. I'm being spiritual. Right. But I do feel like I should be given more in some ways to charity. But then I think to myself, I'm doing exactly what I was put on the earth to do, which is make people laugh. And that takes a lot of work okay, and effort. Okay, stop right there. Isn't that just justifying like the uncomfortable nature of that discussion? Maybe I don't like this Yo, podcast. No, I think about <laughs> it. Maybe I'm just fucking awesome and I'm here to be awesome. Then again, I spend, I'm just rather being awesome. No, because I spent a lot I of money on wine, wine and, and have shit. a good time. Yeah, yeah, but that's not what you were saying. You were saying like... I should. I feel like maybe... Should I give more to charity and what does that mean? Okay, first of all, here's the difference. Here's, here's how you delineate. So, if I could give to charity, and we can, there's a lot of different definitions. Is, is charity, going back to the, what we were talking about, is charity 
what people need or do they need inspiration? So how do you create inspiration? So giving giving money well, to wait, certain why causes. Why is it an or? I don't know. Why is it an or? I mean, I'm is just, it, don't I'm just wondering both? if I could do if I can make a big difference. There's there's a school in you know Haiti or something. Mm -hmm. I'm sure could use some money, right? Right. Okay. All right. I could give to that school. Um, and I do. I do have charities I give to. I give to Doctors Without Borders. I give to Operation uh, Smile. Mm -hmm. uh, at, at different things. I got my own individual things. And people people have a hard time when they give charity and they find out how much money goes Fuck. to administrative costs. Fucking drives me crazy. Fucking. I think the United Way, what was it? What they say out of a dollar, a penny actually goes to the charity. The rest is run the whole fucking thing. It's a whole bureaucracy they got to run. It's a business. It drives me crazy. It but drives me crazy. That one penny does go to the, the starving kids. Yeah. Well, go fuck yourself. What do you I want think my the number is? Pull up the number. Find out how much. Which, which organization was it? United Way. United Way. See how much of I'm your money guess. actually goes. I believe it's a penny. I believe it's, it's, a, it's a hundredth of your I'm money. I'm going to get crazy and say it's 20 cents. 20 cents out of a dollar. Okay. You think it's really a penny? It used to be. They did a special on it. I'd say it's 47. 40 cents? I don't think it's that high. I bet it's less than 40 cents. It's a huge company. Okay, I say 20, you say 1. Brian says 40. 47. Is it 47? No, no. Oh, you're saying 47. Yeah, I'm looking for it. I'd be like, that's I, love, I love the internet that we get at the answers to all these things. Instantly. Yeah. When he's Googling it, though, sometimes not so much. Sometimes not so sometimes much. Sometimes shit gets a little confogulated. There are there are really good charities out there that make a difference. Um, well, the thing is, here's the, the question. Should someone running a charity make a salary? Of course they should. Yes. But should they make a salary relative to what people make in America or the third world country where they're aiding? That's when shit gets weird. Mm. Because... If it's the third world country that they're aiding, well, they're going to be bitter as shit. Yeah. They're working their whole life away, and they can't even fucking put a roof over their head and feed themselves normally. Yeah. So it should be like an American salary. I would imagine. But, but if it's an American salary for a professional, like, what is that? Is it 100 grand? Is it 50 grand? Is it 35 grand? What's the answer? Okay, United Way. Uh, well, this is United Way of Topeka. So I'm just I'm guessing this is a good example of what United okay. could, I guess different local bub, uh withholds 20%. Withholds what do you mean? Withholds 20% of the of what you give? Of what you give. Um can you look So at they the only United take way? so they hold on 22%. 22%. Okay, huh. just I just googled here. what percentage where does United Way charity go? Here right here. Okay. United Way withholds 22% from 2012 designations designations hmm. yeah i think they got exposed and they started they, they made a change because they they ran a special a long time ago about I okay was shocked. here it is worldwide united way claimed combined administrative and fundraising expenses in 2011 of 17 percent meaning that they spend approximately 17 cents for every dollar donated on organizational costs but the other 83 cents go directly towards community projects that's awesome that's pretty good. Yeah. So United Way is not a good example. They used to be. There was this. They did a whole expose on them, and and it was shocking. I think they changed. Well, maybe we I should think. Google that. What yeah. percentage of money goes to charity? Let's let's just Google that of money. Like, what's the worst? Yeah. What do we think the worst? Mm. But I think that's really good. I mean, if they can, if seventeen percent is wasn't like the Jerry Lewis impressive. thing a brutal one? I don't know. The muscular dystrophy. Yeah, I don't know about that. Okay, what percentage of let's Google that? Um, what is what was that telethon called? Uh, Jerry Lewis telethon. Jerry's Jerry kids. Lewis Jerry's, telethon. Jerry's kids. Jerry's kids. Jerry Lewis charity telethon. Okay, guess this. 
What do you guess? Um, what percentage? Okay. I would say, I don't know. I would say, I would high percentage. I would say 80% goes to the kids. America's 50th worth char- worst charities rake in nearly $1 billion for corporate fundraisers. Wow. <laughs> there you go. <sighs> wow. Which may That's not necessarily hilarious. be bad if they, if they motivate people to get even more money, but. Yeah, well, look, there's a certain amount of money that they would never get right. if it wasn't for those things. Yeah. Like someone was talking about the Ice Bucket Challenge. The Ice Bucket Challenge is stupid as fuck, but it's raised a ridiculous amount of money. Most people who are doing it, they're not, they're not even donating money. They're just throwing water in their head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but the amount of people that have donated, it's pretty substantial. Yeah. It's millions, millions of dollars, much more than they had last year. ALS sucks. I'm sure. Oh. I'm sure. You know, they don't even think that Lou Gehrig had Lou Gehrig's disease. Isn't that strange? Why? Because he just got hit in the head. Yeah, I think it's yeah. trauma-related. Mm-hmm. He was KO'd so many times while playing uh, baseball, F- sliding into people and shit, playing hard baseball. And he played football, I believe, before Look at this, that. Joe. Did 50 really? worst uh, charities ranked by money blown on soliciting costs. Number one, Kids Wish Network. Total raised a one point, $127 Paid $109 million, so two point. Five percent. Well, no, paid to solicitors uh, now. Spent on direct cash aid. So solicitors, that means like advertising, right? Is that what that means? What Uh, does paid to solicitors mean? Well, percentage spent on direct cash aid looks like two point five percent, point nine percent, ten point eight. You used to work for a bank. You can't figure this shit out. No. Well, what does solicitors mean? What is solicitors? What's the 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 definition of solicitor? I would imagine it's people that are paying, that are that are selling, that are somehow going out there and raising the money oh yeah yeah so this is paid to their like the spent on getting the money yeah so lawyers so, no people no. who go out and actually f- raise the funds well a solicitor That's is a, a solicitor. legal practitioner this is a, the actual definition Pr- solicitor is a legal practitioner who tra- traditionally deals with any legal matter in court in some jurisdictions solicitation also means someone who sells right it means solicitating prostitute like yes, but so, so solicitors are people that are the actual fundraisers, though, in this context, well, I no, believe. But, right? but isn't that someone who's buying? No, it's somebody who's doing the fundraising. So they're selling, they're, they're essentially going out there, I believe. What happens uh, if you solicit a prostitute, though? Doesn't that mean you're, 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 you're trying to pay for the prostitute? Yes. So that's a solicitor, right? So no solicitation. Yeah, like no, right. no trying to sell me anything around here. What is that? So, so, so that saying like, the, like Kids, Kids Wish Network has five employees. It's getting paid, it's paying them f- and then they're only paying 2.5% to the actual direct cash aid for this. So only 2.5% wow. of their money. Right. Percentage spent on direct cash aid. 2.5%. That's yeah. insane. What's the other one? 0.9% for cancer the Cancer Fund, of, Fund of, America. of America. That's insane. Less than 1%? Children's Wits Foundation. These are all like takeoffs on the other charities, and they're all scams. That's so dirty. American Breast Cancer Foundation. Not associated. Wow. Firefighters Charitable Foundation. Look at that one. Look at that one. Union of Police Officers. Union of Police Associates. Look at that. Less than half of a uh, half of a percent. Yeah, there's there there. That's a scam, man. Oh wait, there's one that's zero percent. Look at this. Operation Lookout National Center for Missing Youth. Zero percent. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> that's insane. But how's that work? It uh, says nineteen point yeah. six million and sixteen point one. Oh, you know what that is? That's just like rent and shit. Mm. Operation Lookout. The, so the fifteen million is paid to out to people. The rest is bills. 
Fuck, man. How is that allowed to be? <laughs> We live in a dirty world. Uh, the world's dirty. The Veterans Fund. That's so creepy that there's the charities that are that far off. Less than a percent. Yeah. <laughs> committee for, for missing, missing children. children. We thought, what did I guess? I guessed 20. Mm-hmm. You guessed one? Yeah. There you go. And there's some there that are a half of a one. There you go. That's why. That's why you got to be careful what charities you give to. And I think United Way, they did this thing, and they were like, how much of your money's actually going there back in the day? I think it was United Way. How about the charity when they're at the airport and they have the open bucket? Oh, forget it. And they want cash. I don't know who there's, you are. There's a plastic hole in an open bucket, yeah. and around the bucket is photographs of kids. Yeah. And nah. then there's like something, and they have a nope. clipboard. I don't know who you are. Sorry. Yeah. This lady came up to me at the airport once, and she was super aggressive about it. And I said, get the fuck out of here with that scam. And she goes, fuck you, motherfucker. I go, that's what I was hoping for. Yeah. I go, that's what I want to hear. I go, you're, in cha- you're involved in a charitable organization, right? She's like, fuck you, bitch. I go, you're involved in a charitable organization. You're not going to dip into that and take... Why, well, you're a reputable person. Fuck you, bitch. There you go. She could have hit me. It was pretty close. <laughs> she could have definitely hit me. That's so great. I was, t- I was tired, man. I just landed, you know, working. And then someone, like, she was aggressive about it, too. It was yeah. like... She was like, you know, sir, would you please donate to help? You know, blah, 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 blah. But I'm looking at her and I'm like, I smell danger all over you. You don't yeah. seem like a charitable person. Liar. But you could just show up with like a clipboard and a bucket and, it, you know, some logo on the bucket and you get people to give you cash just to leave you the fuck alone. Well, a lot Especially of if you're aggressive. Cut down on that because they should. The Hare Krishnas used to always come up to you at airports. Yeah, but they're wackos. You look at them, you're like, what's with your haircut, Tong Po? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm not giving you any money. You're crazy. It's you're like you're wearing sandals and you're a man. Like, what are you doing? You're, you're not even like a surfer. And a saffron robe. The whole thing beads. is a mess. You smell weird. Get out. Get out. You smell like curry. Run. You're American. I don't want to be like you. I don't want to be near you. And I don't want to give you any money to support this thing that you're doing. Well, they would sell you books. Fuck out of here with your books. The Bhagavad Gita. Get the fuck Come out on, of here the with truth, that it's about Listen, an epic battle. I would love to buy the Bhagavad Gita. Love to, but not from some dirty hippie. I'm going to go to a nice store where there's a nice <laughs> person who sells books. They could tell me about it. Yep. You know, yep. there's some beautiful fucking. It's funny how you don't see them anymore. Like Hare Krishna is like the, the internet. Yeah, the internet kinda, smoked them out. That's it. <laughs> They're like, what are we doing? Everybody thinks we're stupid. Even Scientologists make fun of them. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> Hare Krishna is at the bottom end of the cult pole. Yeah, man. Yeah, everybody goofs on them. Duncan can do the whole chant. Vegetarians. Was he of Hare Krishna? No, but he just he's really like involved in studying religions and studied them yeah. his whole life. He can do long Buddhist chants, but long Hare Krishna chants. Yeah, he does all that shit. Yeah. He can do it like and it sounds like, like one of those monks in those I hollow read, echoing I monasteries. I remember so much about Zen Buddhism and Buddhism and I've read every book I could get my hands on on Buddhism and I was just like, this is the answer, you know? And maybe it is, but I just somehow got too busy. <laughs> I don't think there's any answer. Yeah. Because in the end, everybody dies. That's for damn There's sure. no answer. This is what it is. How much are you enjoying this? And how much are you enjoying being around others who are enjoying it and helping each other out and, and having a good time? Because other than that, what what else is there? Is there a deep meaning if everything's temporary? It doesn't seem like there could be. It seems like you're a part of some sort of weird evolutionary process that will go on as long as life is allowed to exist on this planet, which is very finite. The planet itself only has a, like 1.6 billion years of life left. Do you think, though, that... You know that? If it goes more than that, the sun's going to burst. Yeah, the sun's crazy. done. The sun runs out of juice. But do you think that there is some... There is a either movement toward each other or a movement towards something? Or do you think it's all random? 
I mean, it's a hard question. Who the fuck? No, 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 the fuck. No one knows. No one knows. I mean, it might. It might not be. What about human progress? You think we've been progressing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're definitely. We, we, when there's steps back, like when we talk about like people being PC and all that stuff, I think it's terrible. But it's way better than being racist. Yeah. It's way better than the PC shit is way better than segregated, where the blacks have to sit in the back of the bus Fuck and yeah. use a different w- water cooler. Yeah. You know this. This is way better. Yeah. So that to me is clear example. But then there's also drones and spying and crazy shit, and people are still getting locked Always up. Always new for challenges. Crazy drug laws, and then there's private prisons, and there's corporate interests, and there's fucking. This this Goldman Sachs thing that came out, the the, the 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 tapes that are now being released of the Fed in coercion with Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the different shit that's going on, where you, you see that still there's still corruption, there's still evil, it's still just misdirected energy, the incorrect patterns of behavior that have led to people to to operate in the same type of momentum that the, the fucking knucklehead traders before them have done and the fucking military industrial complex guys from the 60s did. It's all the same kind of, yeah. that energy hasn't been flushed out of the system yet. Yeah. But it seems like it's slowly getting pushed into a corner. Or at least it's harder to hide. See what the fuck is yeah. going on in Hong Kong? Yeah. Dude, yeah. Brian, pull up the photos. There's a drone video of the protest in Hong Kong. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it's an island of seven million that actually want their want to be able to choose who governs them. Can you imagine that? Dude, there's they, a lot of fucking people. I know. A lot of people. But they're also bordered. There's also one point three billion people on, on their border. And uh, they don't feel they don't want to be part of China, the mainland. Well, they used Never to not happened. be until fairly recently. Right. They used to be controlled by the United Kingdom, right? That's right. Look at this fucking video, though. This is going to freak you out because they're flying over. They, by the way, it's amazing that they can do that now. You could just like a regular person can get a drone, <laughs> crazy, and, like, and just send get it an up aerial and film view, it. huh? When we did that sci-fi show, dude, I put on these goggles, like these VR goggles, and they put a camera on this drone and then flew the drone over the treetops. And I was like watching from the drone's perspective. I was like, oh my. We couldn't put it in the episode because we just didn't have enough time. But I was like, I'm flying. It was amazing. So sick. That's like amazing. They attached a camera to an eagle. But I'm telling you, it felt like I was flying. Really? Like when I had these VR VR goggles on. Wow. I had VR goggles on. This thing is flying through trees and stuff. and you're you're watching like whoa! How much would that cost to buy? I want one. Probably a lot, and they don't go very far. Like oh. after a mile, it doesn't transmit like the right. the signal, whatever type of signal it is so they're what? using. I just so need- look at this. This is the uh, the crowd, and this is uh, them filming this f- by drone. Unbelievable! Dude, they t- they've shut down the city. This is incredible. Look at that! Look at that! <gasps> That's a million people, right? At least I don't know. I don't it looks know what like a lot. Looks like. There are seven, I think there are seven million. That's like three hundred people, bro. Crazy. That's like uh, Nick's comedy stop. It's, it's packed. That's. <laughs> it's like a Joe Rogan concert. Look at that! Look how many fucking people. It's like ants on rice noodle. And what year were were they United Kingdom? It was until like the nineties. I think the right? lease went out. The lease ran out in. Um, gosh, nineteen nine two thousand two thousand one nineteen ninety seven. What was it? I think it was ninety seven. Maybe? Mm. Or was it later? They're bracing. Both sides brace for Wednesday showdown. Oh, fuck. Are they going to go World War Three in Hong Kong, too? 
Well, I don't think nobody wants that. They don't want the People's Liberation Army or the, the you know coming into People's Liberation Army. The PLA, is that what they're calling it? I think it, yeah, that's what the Chinese. I think that's what oh the Chinese call their army. But they don't want the they don't want the Chinese military to come in and get unpleasant. That's for damn sure. So <sighs> they're asking for the 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 what I believe his name they call him the chairman, the person that was put in power by China to step down, and they want elections to vote in their own. Uh, Person. And China's saying, "Hey, we're kind of running your country." Well, you know, it's for is China. Is it considered a country, or is it considered? It's a considered city? a province and part of China, mainland China. And um, I think that for the longest time, remember that Hong Kong was the sort of the financial capital of that part of the world. But Shanghai now has taken over, and a lot of other cities have taken over as the they're richer. Uh, and and so it's a it's a complicated thing. There's a lot of my, mainland Chinese come in and vacation in Hong Kong, um, so they're pretty dependent on each other. Look at this photo of this kid shining his fucking flashlights. They're all shining the lights from their cell phones. It's really creepy. It's on yeah. USA Today. <clears throat> USA Today's coverage. It's one of the the larger photographs. Well, they can all there's talk millions, to each other. You know, there's millions of kids, and they all decided to turn their their cell phone lights on. And they're holding them up in solidarity. Wow. And it's kind of symbolic. Well, China also apparently, the government of that. China is really that. worried, is really worried that if if they're if they Isn't don't handle crazy? this yeah, if they don't handle this properly, there are a lot of cities in China that could do the same thing in asking for changes in how the country is governed. So China's being very, very cautious about how they treat this particular protest. Yeah, they could fuck this up and yes. lose everything. Yes, because if if it gets too successful, if it's not, there Dude. are a lot of things. That, yeah, that fucking picture. There's a lot of unrest in China. <laughs> not not just Hong Kong. Well, when did Hong Kong become a part of China? I think it was during the opium trade, wasn't it? When they we, sold it uh, sold it back to them in ninety uh, seven. Yeah, and and it yeah. it, it, was, it was annexed by yeah, the British. It was annexed by the British. I think a hundred years before that. So right? it hasn't even been twenty years. So they're just still trying to work it out. I mean, think about it, 20 years ago. Was that like Clinton days? Yeah. 97? Yeah. That was Clinton, right? Yeah. 97, Clinton was president. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. Like if Clinton like leaves and then all of a sudden China takes over the U.S. And we're like, what? Yeah. Like that's kind of the same sort of thing. Yeah. If they were under rule of the United Kingdom, that's really similar. To like the being America or Canada. Absolutely, it is. And and it was sudden, really hard for the for, for for and also remember in Hong Kong they speak Cantonese. They don't speak Mandarin. Most of mainland China is mostly uh, Mandarin, and they speak a very different language in Hong Kong. They speak mostly mo they do speak Mandarin, but they also mainly speak Cantonese. Wow. Very very different form of Chinese. And it was a capitalist system, a very wealthy area, and the big fear was that when the Politburo in China took over, that they would impose communist you know, market laws and things like that. But I think they kind of left them alone for a while. And then, and now Hong Kong's economy is very tied up with mainland China's economy. What a mess. It's just weird when you see a situation like that where you know something's going to happen. And we're watching it from afar, from way the fuck over here in yeah. California. And we're like, what is going to happen over there? Well, the question is, is China going to allow them to behave like a separate and independent province because they mm. they are not according to china in a chinese law that's the issue so then what do you do what do you do well then you got to realize that the people in the military themselves other than the few people that are running it there's going to be a certain point in time where if if there's riots everywhere 
if the entire country goes topsy-turvy over this, if they all start you know, like emulating what's going on in Hong Kong, there's A, not enough soldiers to cover them all because there's a billion goddamn people, and B, it would be soldiers turning them, their guns on their own people. Yeah. These are regular folks, just like the soldiers in America. I mean, it's one of the, the weirdest things about people that don't want to support the troops, like the, the idea that, you know, I don't support war, so I don't want to support the troops. Troops are just people. Yeah. And they might be the only thing and their love of regular people might be the only thing that protects a really tyrannical government from turning their guns on the people themselves because they can't do that if the people holding the guns refuse somewhere yeah. down the chain. If I mean, where they say no, they say no. At well, general, they, they say they that say John no. Adams lost the election to uh, Thomas Jefferson because he had a standing army. And one of the things that you know the founding fathers warned against was a standing army. Why? Because a standing army can be hijacked by a charismatic uh, dictator, mm-hmm. and then they they can they can stage a coup. So that was always that was always didn't sit well for a long time with Americans, especially with the way this country was founded. The idea of a standing army had always been abused. Exactly. Well, that's like why you're saying we it. feel it's okay to go after someone if they have their own army. That's right. Like the Waco guy, like the Waco guy, David Koresh. He got very little sympathy in this country, mm-hmm. even though they essentially went in and firebombed these people, yep. killed kids, mm-hmm. shot people down. There was fucking very clear images of Sherman tanks blowing fire into these fucking buildings. Yep. But we knew they had guns. Yeah. That's the only thing we yep. knew. We yep. knew that we heard that he fucked kids. Uh-huh. That was the thing, right? But, by the way... That was a rumor. That is exactly what I would say if I was going to fucking run some tanks into some dude's house. That guy's in their fucking kids. Right. We got we to go kill those kids. And and it was ATF anyway. It was ATF. Yeah. It was also, yeah. you know, basically about the the fact that he had all this sort of uh, a weapon and arsenal. But think about the ultimate irony. We're going to save those kids by killing them all. Yeah. I mean, we, they killed everybody. Yeah. I think they let some kids out at one point in time. Yeah, some of them got out, but a lot of them got burned, oh, and it was terrible. There's a documentary man. about it that was kind yeah. of jaw-dropping. Well, the documentary um, was highlighting the use of force, and that was like mm-hmm. one of the first times where we saw like real military force being used on civil- civilians. And 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 the good news is that you sh- you know a lot of people there was a documentary made out of it and a lot of people were pretty outraged by it but yeah maybe not enough Hicks but. had a whole bit on it mm. Hicks had a whole bit on it it was uh it was pretty fucking crazy it was just most people didn't see it because there was no fucking internet back then it wasn't like today if they did some Waco shit today and we saw them driving over buildings and blowing fire into these buildings pull up the video of Waco. Pull up the video. What are you doing? You checking your Facebook? You fuck. Look at those. Look at the. Look at what happened with Ferguson. That this black kid who was shot. I mean, the, the the whole town went crazy. Things are different now. It's different. It's not that easy to just get away with shit anymore. I also think though, like I was thinking about Russia and and how outdated. Like they're calling the the ruble the currency the rubble now because it's just like it's just not worth anything. It's a one. That's crop very economy. clever. It's very clever. I like the play on the words. But it's a, it's a one crop economy. Mm-hmm. So Russia, it, it, the the motto is basically might makes right. All the guys with guns control everything. Guess what? So now you got you got commodities, you got oil that you export, Look and I this. guess some weaponry. Not Look even. at this. This is crazy. This yeah, is in the 1990s. Nuts. This is a goddamn tank <coughs> tearing apart a house. Yep. This is a tank in America going into this quote unquote cult. And because they had gotten into a firefight with these people, because yeah. the ATF shot at them, the ATF, they were like on the roofs and shit. It's a really crazy documentary. One of the guys, the ATF guy inside was shooting out the door at ATF people outside. And they were making, they were yeah. blasting, um, I guess, music and stuff mm-hmm. to make them crazy and noise. 
What did they do that with these guys too? Yeah, that's a, a common tactic. Why is the music? <laughs> I was seeing if that was the music. I hope that's not the music. Is it? Is that really? That's the music that goes with the video. But Ew, I don't think kill that. that. That's gonna get us pulled off of YouTube. <laughs> that's what that music is. <laughs> This is that. ridiculous. I mean, to see tanks being used on civilians, helicopters and shit. Oh, damn. It's about but, blow. okay, but then if you look at it from the other hand, like, this is bananas. Jesus. Look how fast that thing If you look burning. at it from the other side, if yeah. you've got a group of people that are in this house and they're shooting at federal agents, what do you do? Do you That's do this? So bad, do you do this? Yeah. Do you wait them out? Do you wait for them to You don't set themselves? them on fire. That's what, You don't yeah. do that. No, you definitely you know don't. When, when kids are in there. So what do you do? So the question was, that, that I think the, the idea was floated that they started to fire themselves within the compound and the ATF did not. And and yeah, the, but that's not true. Well, <laughs> that's not true. They did they did this shit with with tanks. Well, the aerial view of the tanks suggests something different. I don't know. I'm what not, does the aerial view of the tanks suggest, Doctor Fox News? Well, uh, <laughs> it suggests it suggests in fact they're using flamethrower. Ah, uh, they use flamethrowers, dude. Okay, let's let's Google use of flame. I mean, I, pr I thought that was pretty established. Use of flamethrowers in Waco. Well, from the documentary, they said it. You know, the the big question was: were, was it started inside the compound? Was the fire started by the Waco cult members or by the ATF? Hidden Waco footage: tanks used flamethrowers, and there's a link, and you can go to the YouTube video, and the YouTube video is unavailable. <laughs> Interesting. Mm, proves it's bullshit. Uh, Waco tank flamethrower on YouTube. A second hole is made in the side of the mm. building. Ooh. And a third hole is made at the front door. This sounds like some chemtrail shit. Yeah. <laughs> are doing in each picture is collapsing the Oh, that's the thing when you read when the internet, you don't know. The yeah. following footage proves beyond any doubt that the tanks intentionally set the house on fire. It proves that the Branch Davidians were murdered. Hmm. Watch carefully as the tank backs out of the house. Watch carefully as the tank backs out of the house. This tank has a gas jet on the front that shoots fire. Oh, that is true. P Google Waco tank flamethrower. This is pretty fucked up, Brian. I think this is going to turn you over. You're going to be working for CNN I don't next. know, you guys. You're going to be in Ted I'm Turner's back pocket. Fox News is going to fucking fire you. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to go dark on this one. You're going to go left wing. All I know is I got my deer tags, my friend. I got my deer tags, too. Here, watch this. And a third hole is made at the front door. Go towards, like, uh, where the E is and experience. In each picture is collapsing the inside stairwell. Okay, here, it's good. Keep going. The following footage proves beyond any doubt that the tanks intentionally set the house on fire. It proves that the Branch Davidians were murdered. Watch carefully as the tank backs out of the house. She sounds like you can see that this made. tank has a gas jet on the front that shoots fire. You can also see the fire quite plainly. That's true. The tank goes into the house twice, and each time as it backs out, the fire at the gas jets is plainly visible. Wow, uh, yeah. Dude, they let, they lit that house on fire. Whoa. <laughs> Where are you at now, Fox News? Um, what do you hey think? Man. I think they lit that house on fire. What do you I think? I don't like Fox News, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I would. I don't know. I, I believe. I believe uh, that they set that house on fire. I don't. Yeah. I don't have any doubt. You got those guys who gear, geared up. Yeah. They got shot at. Some of the guys got shot. They, they got men are men. They're yeah. gonna be vindictive. They're gonna do whatever. Well, they they're can. they're also soldiers, and they've given. They've been given an enemy. You know that old expression. That's exactly right. If you only have a hammer, everything looks like a like nail. Like a nail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I I don't have any doubt about. Okay, that. Okay, but here's the question: What do you do 
if you know that there's a group that's holed up and they have a bunch of weapons, I'm not saying you set the place on fire and kill the kids, but I'm saying what? How do you handle that? How do you? You got a guy who's shooting at federal agents allegedly. There is that the the reality that agents after they were being broken into, agents accidentally shot at themselves. That and is a fact. You can also hear the guy say, "I have a right to defend myself." Yes. As they're breaking in, he shoots. So a lot of it was he was in his home. People were coming in. He didn't he didn't know who was coming into his house. They had guns. You know, you can make an argument for a lot of this stuff. So oh yeah, uh, what do you do in that situation? Right. What do you do? I, I suppose the first thing you should think about is there are two things. One is are children being abused. Two is does he have illegal weapon an illegal arsenal? So if those are the two cases, you get a search warrant. They tried to get in. They were denied access. The rest is a standoff. I don't know. That that comes down to police tactics, right? Yeah, I mean. Do you think that someone should be allowed to have a place like that? Like, if you believe that people should be allowed to have guns. Like, I have friends who have many guns. My friend Justin is like a legit, bona fide gun nut. He doesn't even know how many guns he has. Now, what if Justin got together with 50 of his friends, Mm -hmm. and they're all like him, and they rented a big fucking piece of land, or they bought a big piece of land together, mm-hmm. put a few houses up, and then put a fence around it. I think I'm fine with that. Right. Because uh, I believe in the, you know freedom of assembly. Right. But what is that? You got a highly armed compound of a bunch of gun nuts. It still falls within the confines of the law. Now, right. if, but, that, if they have fully automatic machine guns, turret guns, and rockets, you're going to go, hold on, do you guys have a license for those? And you know, there are a whole lot of measures. And then you'd have to take steps to make sure that you don't, you don't have an army with a bunch of illegal weapons. There's a reason there are some weapons that are... Nothing's illegal if you have a license for it. Right. Do you know the thing that Koresh shot himself? Hmm. Or was shot by his uh, his people? Really? Yeah, they think he was shot before he. Um, yeah, Koresh and about two dozen others shot themselves to death or were shot before the fire engulfed the entire compound. Others died in the fire Jesus. or the rubble of the collapsing building. Jesus. Whoa, that's Here's dark. Here's the shootout. Yeah, it's, I mean they were fucking armed to the tits. God, this is crazy. Watch this. Instead, they become the target of a madman's fury. According to intelligence, there's an arsenal of weapons in this room. So look. The Davidians will shoot anyone who tries to infiltrate. Dude's shooting through the wall. Members fire quarter-sized holes through the wall and into this agent's shoulder. They shot each other. Ouch. So the agents went in. They're shooting. They shot through the walls and shot their own agents. Fucking A, man. 16 wounded. Four dead. That's a blood yeah, debt. That's see, a blood debt right there. You, you got yeah. with those guys. Good luck. Yeah. Now you're in a war. You want to mess around with those kind of guys who gear up who are already tough. Yeah. And that's their job. And you sh- and you killed four of their friends. I'd want to. Uh, I wouldn't be too sympathetic either at that point if right. I was one of those guys. Right. But devil's advocate this is not my f- my feelings on this. Yeah. I, I don't have formed feelings on this. I but, don't either. By the way. But those guys broke in these people's houses for what reason? Uh, apparently he was in violation. I think of two things. Uh, weapons, uh, uh, illegal weapons, caches or whatever, and also I think 
there was a warrant for the fact that he was having sex with underage girls. Yeah, child endangerment. Yeah, child endangerment. Child endangerment, yeah. which is kind of legit if he's running a cult. I of mean, course it is. My friend used to date this chick who grew up in a cult, and, she, and he said that she would tell him horrible fucking stories. That's why a lot of guys cult start cults. So they can get pussy. Yeah. Well, didn't Koresh like had a deal where he could bang everybody's wife? If he was smart. Yeah. <laughs> that was his thing. His thing is he could bang everybody's wife. You can be in my you can be in my cult. Here's the only catch twenty two. Don't they always do that though? Everybody. Yeah. Jim Jones probably banged everybody's Listen, wife too. Man, we're all we're all one people. We're all it's all about love. I am the alpha that's, male. I don't know what that's what he's saying. I think he was saying he's God, bro. All right. Well there's also that. They all look the same. Like him, the Australian Jesus, you could put them side by side Very and they're like so. interchangeable. They're these weird. That guy's great. Duncan Trussell. Australian. No, no. Yeah. Duncan looks too, too, too wild. Australian Jesus is so him. lame. He's just like, I'm Jesus. Well, no, he's, he's lamer than follow. lame because he's told two different chicks that they're Mary. Like his game <laughs> is he tells a chick that you're Mary, that awesome. I'm Jesus and you're Mary. Like, oh, get awesome. the fuck out of here. Dumb so, and superstitious. My, you to my the, type. The documentary is, well, he's not dumb. He's pretty clever. Right. But no, the, poor, they are. the poor girl, he has this girl that's convinced that she's Mary and she's crying and she's crying and she's talking about remembering him being on the cross. Oh. It's fucking madness. And then afterwards, he's being interviewed by the guy. The guy who's interviewing him was pretty slick. And he's like, didn't you tell another girl that she was Mary? He's like, um, yes, but I was wrong. <laughs> See what I mean? He plays like, shittiest excuse, like the shittiest way, bro. I would have so much of a better way. I, I can lie right now and come up with a better <laughs> idea. Yes, but I was wrong. But it's even better than that. He plays Green Day. He's singing there and I he's know. playing a Green Day song. He's incredible. Like you telling me that the Australian Jesus would be really into Green Day? Yeah. Like I just kind of think there's got to be a better song for him. I don't know. He's got like six followers. But no, he's got really, quite a few. Really devoted. It's in Queensland. Yeah, they no, cry. No, no, no. You he's can see got them a, crying and dude, stuff. Dude, he's got a giant compound, Is and he? it's getting bigger. Yeah, yeah. There, a lot of people are very worried about him. Really? Yes, yes. I mean, he's a legit cult leader. Wow. I mean, he really has people. I mean, it's an enormous. I just feel like it's a huge magnet for the dummies oh, in it is. society. So there's a lot it's of kind dummies. Of, it's like it's like kind of like flypaper, where you just get all the. It just sucks all the really dumb. Mm -hmm. people in one area it's fine Let them no it's not thing. it's not because then they can take over see the thing about having a really big group of dumb people is it's yeah. a, a big group of people that are so dumb they don't even know they're dumb so there's no leaders they're all, a giant Fanatics. group of retarded followers yeah. and they're chasing after a guy who's a fake Jesus who likes Green Day I mean this is like the numbers that a guy like that can draw the reason why it's fucked up is because if you look at the whole population Let's just go with America, because I don't know how big Australia is. But if America's 300 million people, what percent do you think are just so fucking dumb, they almost can't think things through for themselves? I'd say it's 1%. That's all you need. If you have 1% in America, you have 3.5 million dummies. Mm. That is a staggering number of yeah. dummies. If you really laid it out like that, if it's truly one out of a hundred, mm -hmm. which is probably being super generous to the say. human race, but if it really is one out of a hundred, that's 3.5 million in this country alone. That's a lot, yeah. You don't need that many to start a good cult. No. Shit. Yeah, but what is that cult doing? Aren't they just kind of living the gospel and... Sucking his Jesus like dick. Right, there's a lot of sex. He's, uh, he's got a lot going on, man. He's got a big ass place. How big is it? 
Um, he used to be an Australian I mean, uh, IT specialist. But they're in Queensland. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Queensland is, you know. He's got a big spot, dude. He's got several hundred acres. All respect everybody from Queensland, but whatever. I think he has like 600 acres or something up there. That's where they find the monster great whites. That's where they find oh, great yeah. whites that are 22 feet that have a bite out of them from a bigger great white. <laughs> 600 acres or something like There's that. There's Koresh. Let's see. They always have good hair. Look at Duncan Trussell. <laughs> Koresh was actually a good looking guy. Yeah, Koresh wasn't bad looking. No. Great hair. Scruff. But they look similar. If you look at him and then pull up the Australian Jesus. No, not Charlie Manson. The Australian Jesus. That guy looks very similar. I'm going to cut my hair for our hunting trip, dude. I'm looking at your head. You're going to go crazy? I'm bringing it down. Bring it down. You guys Should going, to, going tomorrow, it. right? Yeah. Yeah, we're going. What time are we going tomorrow? Well, let's not advertise oh, sorry, on the fucking podcast. <laughs> sorry about all okay. the personal stuff. This guy, um, yeah, he has 600 plus acres. Chilling cult transcript. Eh, whatever. That's a lot of fucking In land. Queensland. But he looks so much. Look at him, Brian. Oh, he looks so much like Koresh. Oh, he's handsome. He's got sharp features. Maybe it is Koresh. But look at them. Maybe look. Koresh escaped. They both got that weird beard where they can't grow a man's beard, so they grow this fucking yes. Koresh might have gotten beard. his nose sharpened. Could be him and his hair straightened. I think that's Koresh. Stuck in trouble. <laughs> Duncan Duncan's more wild-eyed. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, he is. This guy's so silly. When he got into that, he when Duncan got into that hell thing though. The the when he was like hanging out with the Church of Satan guy though, that was he hilarious. Funny though, <laughs> he does it for funny. I know, but it was funny. Remember when he did that show for the uh, wedding? Yeah, him. for which guy? Anton Lavey's son. Yeah, that was great. It was hilarious. Hank Third, Hank Williams Jr., Danzig Jr. Jr. Hank the Third played there. Yeah, yeah, it was just all crazy chaos, man. Who's your favorite frontman all time? For what? Rock a band? Roll. Yep. I don't know. I never thought about it. What are we in high school? Who do you? Who's your favorite? What are we doing? Who do you think is the greatest? Who's yours? You must Freddie have Mercury. one. Otherwise, probably, you wouldn't have started either, talking. Either Robert Plant or Freddie Mercury, but I'm not sure. I'm toss up between the two. Yeah, Robert Plant's right up there. Yeah. But nobody had Mick Freddie Jagger's Mercury's right voice. up there too, though. Mick Jagger's up there, but the problem with the Stones, and no one's gonna like to hear this. They don't write. They had a lot of shitty songs. And they haven't songs. written a song. Well, in forever. But they had some fucking monsters. They had a few monsters, yeah, but did. when you pick up their albums, like there's a bunch of Zeppelin songs that no one talks about that are fucking phenomenal. Mm. You know, you'll you listen to them and you're like, oh, I forgot about this. You know, this is still a beautiful. And then you have some stone song. You're like, what is this? Yeah. Oh, shut this fucking thing off. Yeah. I think I think Zeppelin is the number one band. Yeah, but didn't Zeppelin steal a lot? Thirteen songs. They they didn't, they didn't credit. <laughs> they didn't credit uh, old, either old time folk songs or blues uh, or, or musicians that they were influenced by. Yeah. I mean, Days and Confused and that certain songs were. Uh, I mean, if you hear mm -hmm. it, are a direct ripoff, and well, they never credited them. So. We played that, didn't we? Didn't we play the both of them back mm -hmm. to back? Yeah. There was a video that had. Uh, all the old blues songs, like the lyrics from them, and then the made them a lot made them a lot better though. <laughs> they did make them a lot better. I mean, and a lot better. It just seems like those guys should have got something if they were yes. still alive. And they did. They went back and and they um, there was some settled out of court, but you know. Did they Fox News? <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Stop calling me Fox News. I hate Fox News. I'm really mad at Fox News. <sighs> you would work for them. You I would be not, like not the an, Alan Combs, million but years would I? More manly. I'd be like you could no. be like the left wing guy on Fox. Those guys. 
I just be fair, man. What if they made I'm you wear fair. a dress like those fair. hot girls? You're not. I don't think they're fair. I'm you saying. don't think they're fair? No, I don't. I, don't th- I think that they they. I don't like getting my news from an ideological point of view. I'd rather get BBC. I listen to BBC. You, do you think it's possible to have a news channel on television that's undefined? It doesn't slant left. It doesn't slant right. That at least was the model, and that was the, I think. The BBC, in a lot of ways, comes very close to it. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, I but think not there. I'm talking about here in good old U.S. of Yeah, a. I think it is the land of the free. Home I think of the brave. it is. In fact, one of the things that the the guy who was the guy who who ran 60 Minutes came in and said, "Good news and bad news. Good news is we got the highest rating of any news show ever. Bad news is we got the highest rating of any news show ever. In other words, this tr- just turned into a show that's dependent on ratings, and yeah. that's why we're all going to get paid a lot more money. Well, that's the infinite growth paradigm, right? It exists in corporations, and it also exists on shows yeah, man. they want the ratings to go up the ratings are up 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 yeah so 100 percent of when all you, americans when you see shit on There's isis and those guys are on a fox out. show that's him uh, being a fox show yeah you're on fox yeah. you fucker. Ah, damn it. <laughs> i hate fox <laughs> you motherfuckers I you guys sabotage me wait a I didn't minute know that. I, I, I didn't know it was fox, fox. that was that was a morning show to promote my my yeah, stand-up that's not the same that's not real fox fox that's damn it those damn local it. shows are the weirdest fucking form of show business those local morning shows in strange tongue. markets, these local shows are the weirdest form of show business ever. Yeah. Some of them are great. Yep. And some of them are so bad, you can't believe this isn't a school play. You're like, <laughs> I am on a school play with cameras on it. Well, a lot of, the, a lot of them are just so bubbly and just, it's just strange, man. Just fake. Dude, and some of them are so bad. I, I went on one. Won't name the name. Um immediately guy's first question was so um what was it like when phil hartman was killed oh no oh god and i just sort of i sort of blank faced him i go it was terrible like one one word answer like i'm gonna give you a one word answer for that i'm not gonna elaborate and expand but that's his opening question it's like you saw that video where mike tyson was talking to the guy in canada and the fucking opening statement the guy says is this gonna hurt the mayor because you were you went to jail for rape you're, yeah. a You're a convicted rapist. rapist. You're a convicted yeah. rapist. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Right what away. What a cheap shot. What a shitty cheap shot. That's People love doing that shit. Yeah. They love doing that shit. I think Mike Tyson handled it appropriately. He handled it the right well, way. Well, you're a piece of shit. So yeah. I, I, what's more stressful is dealing with a piece of shit yeah. like you. I thought we'll be not positive you. here, but you'll be even, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, that dude was terrified. He Fuck looked you. into the eyes of death. Yeah, man. And Tyson didn't even, fucking, his heart didn't even skip a beat. There wasn't like an extra beat to it. Everything stayed nice and calm. Change that guy. He's probably world. wondering whether or not he should beat the shit out of this guy on the air. He's already cussing him down. He's not going to beat him up, but it's probably there, floating around. I'd be, like I'd if be he thinking just that. Launched himself on this guy and just smashed his face in. It mm-hmm. would feel so good for those brief seconds. How much time would he have to do? Too much. Not worth it. Don't, don't do it. It might make him more famous. Bah. Yeah, you know. he would go to jail for sure. Yeah. You imagine, Mike? Well, he'd be in Canada. If he could get across the border real quick, I doubt we'd extradite him. It's true, actually. Especially if the guy really did. If the guy moved at all in some sort of a threatening way, <laughs> call him a convicted rapist. If the guy, if he could get the guy to raise his hands up, and like just anything where it looks like the guy. Like, I did. I did. I did one of those things, and I, after I'd done Hangover Two, and they asked me about the experience, and I started talking about the Lady Boys, and how you know, and there it's a family show, and I started saying, "Look, I mean, I'm a straight man, but those Lady Boys look very female." Man, did they get nervous? They changed the subject, and okay, well, that's we're not going to go there. Well, that's Brian Cannell will be at such and such tonight and tomorrow. Yeah. I was like, "Ah, oh, jeez, you guys shut me down real quick." They live in a world of no fun. 
It's really you live strange. In a world of everything has to be like formal. All right, let's go over here to the board and take a look at the weather. Well, what we've got here is a cold front moving in. That same guy has to do everything. Yeah. That same guy has to do Tom Cruise in a bit of a blow up with <laughs> Matt Lauer. Oh, we'll tell you about it when we get back. Like, who are you? I know. You don't exist in nature. It's the strangest thing. Guys, you just talk as though everything is just fantastic. There's certain people that you know shouldn't exist in nature, and they offend you. And they're, they're offensive. And that's off- there's something about that. They're like, okay, I'll let you read the news. I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you be the robot. But if you fucking try to give your opinion as that robot... Well, you know, these days are different than when we were kids. Yeah. And a guy like Ray Rice should just know better. Like, okay, what do you, you just, you just talked about some important shit and some weird fucking fake voice. I was just talking about that, about why I have a visceral kind of reaction to that kind of shit. And I wonder if it's maybe because historically those kind of dudes. Cock blockers. Well, they were also a liability, right? Fuck yeah. Like, you need somebody you can rely on when you go hunt for food or you got to go to battle or whatever it might be, which was mankind's history. I wonder if those kinds of people were always people you basically... Because when they talk that way, they're not talking to you. Duplicitous characters in movies. I don't trust you. You're not being being real with me, so I can't rely on you. I think that's what it is. I think that's what happens to me. Even when I see a guy who's dressed super cool, like there's a lot of time spent on... Uh, he's watching himself. Mm-hmm. I go, oh boy, I don't know, man. That yeah. looks good on you, but I, I, I'm just having a problem with that necklace and that hat. You have too many rings on. You got too many rings on, man. I can't really talk to you. You're wearing like no. six rings. I can't talk to you. Can't ultimately be friends with you. That's like my problem. That character you can't trust. Like, that's Dr. Smith from Lost in Space, right? You can never count on Dr. Smith. Oh, dear Will, dear Will. He would give you up. He would give you up to the aliens. That's right. If the aliens were going to kill him, they're like, I'll tell you where they are. I'll tell you where they are. And you're like, Dr. Smith, you fuck. And the dad, who was always like rock solid with a square jaw, kept letting Dr. Smith in, this silly little homo. I'll let him back in. Dr. Smith was clearly gay. Never wanted to have anything to do with the wife. Was right. ne- I mean, he was alone with no women. He never, n- never flirted with her, never imagined what it would be like. He never said to him, you're married. I wish there's no women out here in space. I mean, you got the best woman on earth. There's nothing weird weird or creepy happen yeah he was clearly an untrustworthy gay man <laughs> it's probably one of the most homophobic characters ever because he was so weak he wasn't i mean first of all he always watched the kids like the guy was always watching the kids yeah. while the the dad who was the fucking astronaut superhero was fucking saving the planet yeah, he was right? a hen he was sort of a hen yeah he yeah. was a hen and he was weak he was so weak yeah he was clearly gay. The way he talked. Oh, <laughs> oh dear Will. He, he was just so weak. Yeah. And clearly gay. Like, it was such a homophobic character. But that was the only way anybody would ever accept a character like that on television. Yeah, he had to, have, he had to be feminized. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if he was in that position and he couldn't be trusted, but he was very masculine and, and, and you know, the Well, if he was strong, really masculine, he'd be banging the astronaut's wife. Right. I mean, you know. Or not, there would be a conflict. Well, after a gets, while, you're not yeah. leaving an alpha male at home while you're going off on expeditions. No. It's, no. Something's going to happen. Weird shit would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I mean, if the dude's untrustworthy. I mean, especially if you're in space. Like, you got no shot at getting back to civilization. Yeah. How many seasons did they do? After a couple yeah. of years, yeah. you got to realize this is Come we're on. we're gonna live out here on the moon for a fucking oh. hundred years. Yeah, this blows. And the kids, 
they have to fucking listen to this guy. Mm-hmm. They're following around with him. They have to go back. Dad, dad, he's lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might start banging him. Having like any any sort of person in that sort of a like completely artificial way in your life, like you let them in. It's like, oh, we're, we're, we we let in some weird shit. Like, yeah. you ever been out to dinner? I know you have, because you, you hang around with a bunch of idiots. You ever been out to dinner <laughs> with a guy? That's and such a rude thing to say. It's so true. I know you have. You're you awesome. Hang out with a Listen, you know I love you. You're awesome, but you hang around with fucking It's such bu- an aggressive thing to say. Dodos. Not I've known anymore. Brian for so long that I know not to go over to his house when he'll tell me, like, sir, he's a good guy. He just, uh, <laughs> you know, he's just a little weird. He's like a mess or something. Oh, so you come over his house for some party and you, you get stuck. You hang out with a bunch of idiots. Talking next to some loon, like, oh God, Brian, what are you doing hanging out with I this guy? Him. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> he wants to borrow money. What should I tell him? Tell him no. The fuck are you doing? You'd always have like some new person that yeah. you were hanging around with. Just who would waste a year of my life, dude? That producer, and a lot of my money. that producer guy that you used to hang around with. When I first started hanging around with Brian, he had this producer guy that he hung around with, and I remember producer? like. Some guy was like a writer who was trying to like make some things happen, meetings. Oh. You don't need to name names. You know what I'm talking about. I think. African-American descent. Oh, yes. Complete total hustler. Yeah. And oh, I, boy. And I was like, wait, oh, boy. what? Yeah. Who's it? How'd this guy get in? Yeah. This guy's really like, close to I you. Even I saw that. Oh, man. But what did you do? You kept he hanging out with him? He was always around me. You, you pitched shows with oh, him? Oh, he loved me. <laughs> Showed up drunk <laughs> to a pitch. Yeah. I that, mean, drunk like... <laughs> well, that guy was a... He believed he was smart. He believed he yeah. was, like, smart and slick, and he was going to pull it off. Really and he strange. believed, like, his smiles and his charm would mask the overall, like, slickster, hustler bullshit that he had underneath. Yeah. But there was there was no substance. Like, he would pitch ideas. He'd be like, what is this idea, this dog shit idea yeah. you guys are going to go out with? He just was all like energy, and he had found a way to integrate himself into Hollywood, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of those dudes, man, and you used to always have them around you. God, there's so (laughs) so many of those people in Hollywood. How many of those dudes did I tell you, dude, you need to get the fuck away from those guys? Well, I think about how much time I would have saved if I didn't get involved with those dudes, but then I'd probably find other dudes, you know what I mean? Like, like there would always be someone, and I think it's a personality trait where I I would be, you know, it's almost like... If you're like me, maybe because you moved around so much, you make friends really quickly and you mm-hmm. see the good only, and then you just, you're just there to have a good time. And then slowly you go, oh, wait, you're a complete fucking, you're a liar or whatever you are. Well, you have, a, we have a, you have great, ah, I'd save so much time if I had your antenna. <laughs> I, you're I a genuine, your antenna. you're a genuine, my, my antenna's not flawless, man. There's a dude that slipped through the wire. There's a couple people that slipped through the wire, but that one of them is that Rafael Torre guy. I didn't really know him though. So I can't really, I don't know he him. was friends with, uh, uh, Eddie Bravo and uh, he turned out to be a fake Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and he murdered some guy Oof. he's in jail right now for murder he murdered some guy he was like banging the guy's wife and then like they had an insurance policy or something and he killed the guy Oof. yeah and was driving the guy's car there was some crazy shit was going on but when I met him he didn't seem like a murderer to me man he seemed pretty fucking normal and I didn't ever see him do uh, martial arts so I couldn't see like, whether he's bullshit or not. I just met him at, like, a King of the Cage event and talked to him. But then you find out the guy's, like, a murderer, and now he's in jail for, like, you're like, what? Yeah. How is, okay, shit. Maybe if I had a deal with him. Maybe I had something going on mm. where, we, you know, we were in, involved in something together, some business transaction or something. Maybe I could have seen the bullshit. Maybe, but those guys are slick. That's their job. But he wasn't that slick, because I, I did eventually watch a video long after Eddie had outed him. 
Eddie had told him, like, get the fuck out. Eddie figured out that he wasn't really a black belt. This is before Eddie was even a black belt. Eddie was like purple belt or a brown belt at the time it was before he beat hoyler it was long before that but we were um we were in the car once and eddie fucking broke him down over the phone while we were in the car really yeah the guy kept trying to hustle and, and Eddie goes stop 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 are you a black belt in jujitsu i just need to hear this right now are you a black belt in jujitsu and there was this pause and he would start some other nonsense and this that well my dad learned japanese jiu just stop 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 do you actually have a black belt in jiu-jitsu not your dad not who you trained with do you act? and he went and there was like a silent moment and he goes i don't want to talk to you ever again okay you're a bullshit artist like you 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 made me i brought you around people you made me look bad like you're you're not being honest mm. you're not you're not an honest person so after all that then i saw a video of the dude working out i saw a video of him doing like a spinning back kick on a pad it's fucking comical I mean, it's like someone showed him 20 minutes before. Wow. It was ridiculously bad. But he had a crazy story, this guy. He, uh, <laughs> he was such a hustler, such a bullshit artist, that he turned, um, he turned up. At <laughs> he, he told this guy, I need you to give me a ride in the woods. I'm going to this uh, no-rules karate kumite, and uh, I'm going to be gone for a couple of days. So uh, come back and get me, uh, like around Saturday. <clears throat> so he has this big duffel bag with him. Okay, it's a big fucking full duffel bag. He takes it with him. He goes off this kumite. And then the guy comes back on Saturday, and now he's holding a trophy. Has the guy pick him up at the same spot. He says, yeah, I won this kumite and uh, beat everybody, and now I got a trophy. And the guy's like, "How you fucking had a duffel bag that was filled with this fucking trophy. Oh, no. And you went to the woods. He told me to come oh get God. you in two days. So he probably walked home, took a nap, ate some food, went back up, waited for the dude to pick him up. You know, and then, yeah, man, I go, look, I got the trophy. I won. So you never know. Like, my buddy Mitch told me this crazy story. He goes back to the high school reunion. And one of the craziest dudes was this guy, Fitzy. And Fitzy used to, like, he'd get on a car and you could drive 70 miles an hour. He was holding on to it. He was just oh, crazy. Always the fun guys. guy. And he'd fight and get crazy. So, um, and he was the sort of hometown, crazy, fun, fucking nutty kid. Good kid. Right. Fun and crazy. So Mitch goes back to his high school reunion in Tennessee, and he says, where the fuck is Fitzy? And uh, his cousin, Fitzy's cousin, goes, ah, bro, it's a bad story, man. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, Fitzy's in jail, man. And he goes, what are you fucking, for what? And he goes, ah, and everybody got weird. And he goes, it's just, he's just there for a while, and, you know, he's not coming out for a long time. What the fuck did he do? Well, it turns out Fitzy... Um, kept going to this Applebee's and there was a waiter there and he would the waiter would wait on him and Fitzy and he became friends and so one day Fitzy said let's go to the cornfields and smoke a joint and hang out and see oh, what we can do no. they go to the smoke a joint and Fitzy tries to and does rape him and then tries to kill him after raping him a fight ensues. A fight ensues. Mr. Applebee's runs through the cornfield gets away and goes, um, the authorities, please. I was just uh, raped and uh, attempted to murder. They tried to murder me. He was all cut up and stuff. And, uh, well, Fitzy's in jail now. That's a weird thing. He tried oh to fuck God. a guy. Fucking kill a guy. It's not Jesus what you hear of And hung out with the guy for a long time at Applebee's and befriended him and had actually planned the whole thing. Oh, my God. So you never know, ladies and gentlemen. You never know how crazy somebody fucking is. Yeah, what the fuck? The fun guy. 
He's fun. He was the fun guy. Hey, come hey, on, Fitz buddy. Fitz is here. He's got a rock. He's going to belly flop off the high dive. Boom. Ah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And now I'm going to fuck you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ugh. So, who knows? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Those guys, when you grow up, too, like, you, know, you grow up in a neighborhood. There's like 50 dudes, whatever, that all kind of know each other. Like, that, the potential... For one oh, fucking unbelievably crazy person. It's one so strong. Egg. So str- Especially if you're in the city. Yeah. Have you ever seen that video of the kid who does a backflip off the top of a second story building? No. Yep. It's wild kid in the street. You know, there's always those wild kids who'll try anything. I have seen that video. This guy does. I have. And he makes it the first time and does it again. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, the one that I've seen, I've only seen one when a guy makes it, and then he's hanging out in a diner afterwards, yeah. and everybody's like, how the fuck did you do that? Yeah. He back, backed his back to the edge, and then just and did flipped. Flipped through the air, landed, and collapsed yeah. on the ground, and was fine. It's one of the most incredible things. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen. Did it for zero. Didn't do it for a nickel. Like, I mean, maybe he had a bet, but whatever. I don't know, but it's the craziest thing I've ever... I mean... I remember that going, oh, that's the craziest thing I've seen. That shit, that's what happens when people grow up together. And one guy pushes another guy, and the next thing you got a Steve-O. You got some got a, crazy got a fuck. Like Steve-O, right? You got some crazy well, fuck. Well, Johnny Knoxville's the most gnarly. They're all crazy. Yeah. They're all crazy. But look, Steve-O was with lions. He climbed a fucking tree, and the lions came up the tree, and they're swatting. They took his hat from him. Yeah. That is fucking but that, but crazy. He talked about that, and that was a commercial he was doing. And he said, do they climb trees? No, don't worry. They don't climb trees. And when Steve-O was up there, the lion climbed up the tree and got onto him. And Steve goes, well, I'm going to die now. And the trainer took a raw chicken and waved it at the lion and got him away. But Steve will tell the story on Whereas Johnny Knoxville will blindfold himself with a cigarette in his mouth and allow a bull yeah. to run through him. I saw that. Oh, I haven't seen this one. Is this another five, kid? Five story. No fucking no, 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 way. No, no, no. Into a pool. Oh, no way. Why do I not want to see this? I don't either. It makes me so nervous. God Is he going to die? It's on E-bombs roll, though. Look at this. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh my oh, that's god. A, that's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god. That's a bad motherfucker. Oh my god. Please don't do that at home, you guys. Oh Please don't god. do that, anybody. Maybe oh I'm old. Please don't do that. That kid's crazy. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> what, what did it feel like while he was in the air? Like, what have I done? I don't know. I hope this work, I hope this work, I hope Imagine this work. what that felt like on his balls. Because your feet hit and then your balls What's funny is he's not in the air for that long. That you know, that's what's so crazy. Like, how 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 fast you fall. Like, yeah. do that again. How, how many seconds was he in the air? Well, not very long. Don't yeah. watch it. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> it makes you squeamish. Your voice get, just got high. I get super nervous. Don't, don't, I, I get do too. I so scared. When I used to do the Fear Factor stunts and they'd be like looking over the edge of some of the buildings these people had to crawl out on. I'm like, oh. oh. Is this another one? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, dude. What is this now? I don't know. Oh no! Please stop it! <laughs> oh my God! This guy's gonna climb or he's gonna swing. This is not good. I don't know, man. <laughs> I just don't think I want to see this. Well, this I do now. Mm, why? What's wrong with you? Because so it's not even another country. You gotta push yourself. This is a different language. This like guy could d- die for Dutch. sure. <gasps> no, what are you doing? What is he doing? God! Why are you doing that? Oh my God! <laughs> Oh my god. Dude! It's close! Dude! So, so, look at this again. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. That's so crazy. He barely, barely made it. Look at that. What a jump, though. That's insane. 
He missed by like a, f- I mean, inches. I don't even want to see inches. that. Inches, he would have smashed <laughs> I, his knees apart. I have trouble sleeping with that. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting thing. There was a study on why men do that. And they were trying to figure out what it is about men that makes them want to do like ridiculous stunts like that. And they said that when men do that, it makes them more sexually attractive to females. There's certain females that are attracted to men that don't have fear that mm. are willing to overcome fear. Mm. And that it's somehow or another they think in some way connected to the idea of a brave warrior. Because mm. a brave warrior faces something that everyone else is terrified of but faces it head on. And that same sort of like reaction to watching someone do something that you know as a person is absolutely terrifying. When they see it, it gets them turned on. Like it, uh, it makes total sense to me. Totally I, I think does, that's right? the, I think that's just a, a misplacement of energy. I mean, that guy would have been, you know, okay. That's a misplacement. But isn't that or, essentially? Or it's not. I mean, I'm just saying that 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 he it, back in the day he probably would have been with a shield and charging yeah. into battle. That's what I mean. Well, I mean, isn't it? What I was saying is, isn't it essentially the same thing that makes someone like a crazy BMX rider when yeah. they do those flips? Yeah, man. That's kind of the same thing, of right? Of course. It's just it's also pushing yourself beyond what you think you can do. But yeah, you know. But the BMX guy gets money. If you're a BMX guy and you, you do flips and shit and you're awesome at it, you can make a lot of money. I also think it's juice. It's also adre- adrenaline. Look, man, getting into a ring every day and fighting dudes where you might get knocked out, that's that's pretty daredevil-y as well. That's yeah. pretty scary, too. Oh, no running, doubt. Running punts back in the NFL, fucking scary. Yeah, Any but of that shit, you know? Something about that is like, like when you're fighting, at least you're under your own sort of control in some sort of a way. Like yeah, you have to deal with somebody and, else. Yeah. But if you know what the fuck you're doing, you can kind of mitigate a lot of shit. Sort of, you at least you hope you can. That's the ultimate goal. But man, when you're fucking doing flips off a mountain, you're going off a mountain or a mountain bike, and yeah, whoosh, 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 bam, and then you're landing. Some of those guys are out of their fucking minds. I think you get addicted to the adrenaline, too. 100%. Yeah, they must. I mean, if I didn't perform, I would die. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I think it's a way crazier rush that they get. Fuck They're yeah. doing like two flips on oh. TV and landing on a bike. They do motorcycles. They flip through the air on a motorcycle. But then what happens rah. when what happens when that goes away? You know. They, well, ha- what happens when it lands on their body? Ugh. That's uh, horrible to watch. Well, uh, Jason Ellis, Jason Ellis still has to do crazy shit. He got in the ring with, with Keith Jardine the other day, and he just put in a mouthpiece, no headgear, and goes, "Let's just slug it out." And he starts going at it with Jardine. Jardine just goes, "All right, you know what? Bang!" Just catches him with an uppercut, knocks him out. Jason was like, "It was fucking awesome." He just needs the juice. I was like, but that's Jardino hit you and knocked you out. That's not good for your brain. He's been, yeah, he's been shut off a bunch of times, oh, yeah. too. Yeah. I asked him about that once, and he said he's been out cold like six times. <laughs> and that was, like, I think that was, like, from skateboarding. Yeah. I don't even think that was it's from nuts. fighting. I know. Yeah, he loves doing it, Sturdy though. dude, man. Yeah, but that causes depression. Like, too much head trauma like that? Yeah. That causes, that causes you to re- do, like... Shit those football you players you shooting do. themselves in the chest mm-hmm. yeah. so that you can study their brain because they knew something was wrong. Fuck. Yeah, Mark Gordon, um, the guy uh, who's the expert in traumatic brain injury, Doctor Mark Gordon, he um, he said it, it doesn't take much. He said you could have one wrong car accident where you don't even get injured. You just slam forward and like hit the steering wheel, like you're fine. Everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. You know, a little fender bender, and you're fucked. 
You're fucked. You're depressed for months. You don't know why. Wow. Your, your pituitary gland's just not functioning properly. Like your your brain gets well, that's so why, rattled. That's why a lot of people with brain injury go on hormone therapy. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. their body stops producing testosterone mm-hmm. or any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a bunch of shit. The, 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 your dopamine levels drop. Your serotonin levels drop. Your human growth hormone levels drop. You get tired. You know, they think that that's a lot of what they used to call c- chronic fatigue syndrome, too. Oh, wow. The chronic fatigue syndrome, um, they, they attribute to a couple different possibilities. One of them is Lyme disease. They didn't understand Lyme disease. Well, Lyme disease, they believe, like they didn't start diagnosing people with Lyme disease till like, well, like the fucking 80s or something like that. It was fairly recent disease. Right. Um, but the other one, they think, might have been depression and head trauma, where they just don't want to get out of bed. Like, you know, that's, remember that? When they used to call it chronic fatigue yeah, syndrome? Yeah. Remember that? It was called... Uh, I mean, they had different words for it, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was like uh, Epstein Barr virus. Uh-huh. And all yep. that. My roommate in college had that yeah. for like a year. Yeah, I just you know had to. Well, I remember there sleep. was some girl that um, I didn't know, but I knew her like peripherally, and someone was like, "Yeah, poor girl, she's got tr- chronic fatigue syndrome." I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" And I think, yeah, I don't know if she had been in a car accident or something, but I want to say she was. It's like had a serious car accident. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying sense. to remember. It's too, it's too long ago. I might be confusing stories. But I remember thinking like I had met her before and she seemed normal. And now here she is where well, she doesn't have any energy to do anything. When you like have somebody break down like just what one organ does and then how it, how it works with all the other organs sometimes, you can't believe that shit doesn't break down more. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's just such an intricate machine and one thing is dependent on the other. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. Where somebody will have a cavity, an issue with their tooth, and they have unexplained foot pain and all of a sudden they realize that the nerve in the tooth is connected to the nerve in the foot and so what was really causing the problem the pain in your foot was not your foot it was it was it was your tooth like an infection yes, or something an infection there's a there's a certain nerve that goes from from like the jaw all the way down to you the know foot. people get fucking heart attacks from tooth infections yes it corrodes the artery the the, the bacteria corrodes the arteries how the, the valve is that? Corrodes, the, corrodes the valves yeah it's fucking you know Oof. That's why this Ebola thing is so fucking frightening, because anything that just like immediately shuts your body down, anything that immediately puts your body into a tailspin, 50% of the people that catch this shit die. die. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird when something just goes wrong. Like, everything's great today. Today, what did I do? Well, I went and walked the dogs. I, uh, I got up. I played with my kid. I, bah, 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 bah. I went and played tennis. What happened yesterday? Oh, you know, same thing. What happens tomorrow? Ebola. Yeah. See ya. Boom. Hemorrhagic See ya. virus b- boils all over your face. Your, your face is covered in these giant fucking cell phone size pus bubbles. Ugh. It's and horrifying. You're, bleeding, you're crying out of your eyes. It's like seeing um, that woman who went jogging in Florida and she was, you know, it was like seven at night and she had a long day at work. She went running and she just dangled her feet off the bridge. She was <gasps> like, I just got to dangle my feet. I'm just fucking hot. And an 11 foot alligator was like, I'm going to, I'll take you now. I'll be having you now. Oh, thank you. Ate her. They found her with no arms. Took her arms. Fuck. Yeah, it's a good time. Alligator was like, I know I'm an alligator and usually I don't do this because crocodiles do it. I'm going to do it today to you. You're going to be uh, the third, only three people or four people of the year that's going to be eaten by a fucking 11 foot dragon. That'll be me. 
Isn't that weird that alligators, they let them hang around because they're not too aggressive? It's like they're just (laughs) docile enough. They usually run from you. That people don't just decide to fucking kill them on sight. But really, everyone in Florida should be up in arms. They should run out to the swamps and gun those fucking dinosaurs down. Like, those are a bunch of kid-eating, dog-eating monsters. They eat the shit out of dogs. And a guy was walking his dog, and the alligator didn't go for the dog, went for the guy. Took the guy. Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus. Yeah, they're just not as aggressive as crocs. If they were crocs, we would be oh, killing them left fuck. and right. Crocs Crocodiles? Are, you know, they found Nile crocs in the Everglades. Stop it. Yes, they have. There's a shoot on site order. I for fucking Nile knew crocodiles. it because people had, used to have them as pets. Mm-hmm. And- Nile crocodiles. Yep, they don't know if they're breeding. They don't they don't have any idea, but they've spotted more than one Nile crocodile in the Holy Everglades. Fuck. Confirmed sightings. So they're saying straight up killers. Yep, if you, you see them, they kill them on site. Straight up, come they will come right at you. You are food as a human and they're being. Big. Oh, they get really big. It's like that Peace Corps girl who who's like, oh, they're in Kenya. Well, the crocodiles died out uh, years ago. She heard. She heard. Oh. She, she goes swimming. The guy's like, I don't know. She's like, I'm going in with her out here. I'm a water baby. Uh, 30 seconds later, gets pulled under. Crocodile's got my feet. Vroom, vroom, Fuck, disappeared. Dude, there was a document or um, article I was reading about these people that were canoeing in the Congo. And the guy behind watches the guy in front gets taken by the croc, where the croc just rises up out of the water and literally snatches the guy and spins the canoe upside. Kayak, rather. Oh, the spins kayak. The kayak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're I like, about that. stuck in it. And it like goes up and down like a bobber yep. and then plump and then pops up no guy that's it he doesn't see the guy ever again the, no. the croc just takes no. him out of the water yeah and just so the motto of that story is don't fucking kayak in the nile <laughs> i mean in in the, the congo, congo. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that Fuck, that man. would be the motto of that story oh you fucking are you out of your fucking mind oh. they're not like sharks they will bother you they come after you they come after everything yeah they're, that's what they're they're here for cleanup the fucking zoologist said in uganda he saw a saltwater crocodile eat a goddamn tire eat a whole tire it's <laughs> like i'm gonna eat this tire ate oh a fucking god. tire i was like can you repeat that again he goes it ate a tire i go a car tire he goes yeah it ate oh it. oh my god so your your food yeah they eat everything yeah that's your what t-shirt everything if you th- think about it like where are they well they live in a place that's so rich with life that they have to be consistent in their ability to kill it yeah like they're, they're the cleanups uh-huh. Like anytime, a, there's too many water buffaloes. There's too many g- yeah. wildebeests. Yeah. When there's too many wildebeests, they go near the waterhole and they get got. Um, they get snatched. That's right. But you know who doesn't get snatched? Hippos. Crocs don't fuck with <laughs> hippos not. at all. Hippos wade into the water with crocs and swim right by them. It's yeah. the most amazing thing to see. Yep. Because hippos are so fucking violent. They're like, go fuck yourself. They, s- they break crocs in half. <laughs> they cut crocs in half. Yeah. Yeah. We're out of time. That's it. We have no more time. Brian Callen, you are my friend. You are the shit. Thank you. You are hilarious. If people want to see Brian, it's B R Y A N Callen. Has anybody taken B R I A N Callen and just start tweeting pictures of dicks? Mm. (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't know. B R Y. B R Y A N Callen on Twitter. All right, my friend. Much love. Anything to tell people? Where, where, where are you going to be again? I'll be in uh, Atlanta Improv, October 16th, 17th, 18th. Come see me. Go see him. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's very funny stand-up. Mm-hmm. Brian, you got anything going on? Uh, Columbus, Ohio, and Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Indianapolis. Uh, you can just go to DeskWad.tv, click on tour dates. DeskWad.tv, click on tour dates. Uh, that's it, you fucks. We'll see you soon. Much love. Later. Big kiss. Mwah, 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 mwah.